Or we could hollow out this sofa. Yes. And then put that I've table got a, I've got a saw in the we middle. Can, yeah. Yeah. We're not getting our security deposit back. Well, we're probably not going to get that anyway. <laughs> no, they'll they'll find something. They'll, they'll, yeah. They'll, a, they'll find something, and B, it's being sold to someone completely fucking random. They'll do what they, the cor- cor- cops do in all TV ever by going... They'll sprinkle some crack Oops, yeah. They'll just go, oops, what's this? <laughs> Drop a bag of crack and then go... I think uh, <laughs> I think we can uh, uh, take the joke because of this. Speaking of which, have you have you seen that thing that I was talking about recently? That was um, apparently a bunch of German archaeologists found cocaine in some mummies. Nice. They went out in style. Well, no, the thing is, like they found what in the nineteen eighties. A bunch of German archaeologists found dug up a mummy, and then when they were running t- uh, tests on the flavors of like the hair and the skin, uh, they found a whole bunch of cocaine and tobacco. Amazing. Well, what's even more amazing is cocaine and tobacco are from the Americas. Fucking aliens, man. That's every way that I explain <laughs> any kind of Egyptian mystery. There was, also, there was also hashish, which is, you know, from Asia. But that hashish makes sense. makes sense, totally. But cocaine and tobacco, not so much. They were like, okay, did, did some of our archaeologists, like, party near the dig site? Also, they thought maybe they contaminated the dig sites. They sent off to another dig team, like a, a pathologist. Yeah. They went, nope, that's definitely, like, properly in there. That is... Three thousand year old cocaine and tobacco. The last, the last of the mummies. It's still like ancient, isn't it? Yeah. Like time period wise, it's still it's old kingdom. Widely known as yeah, exactly. So uh, either they used to have the plants there and they've died out since, and we just don't know about it. Possible. Or wait, cocaine is on plants, isn't it? Yeah, cocaine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's what the Pope's going to go and chew now. <laughs> no, seriously, he's got. He's going to. The Pope is going to Bolivia, and on his itinerary is chew coca leaves. Right. Well, to be fair, at least he's keeping an open mind. It's refreshing, really. It's kind of what the Catholic Church needs, really, is a bit more open mind. Either that, or he's just, yeah. Uh, Pope sees America, like, uh, allows gay marriage, goes to chew coca leaves. <laughs> um, oh, I hope we're getting this. <laughs> um, and the other thing was, like, so they went, oh, shit, okay, it wasn't us contaminating the dig site. Um, hang on a minute. They went and tested a whole bunch of other mummies. Wait, hang on. Were you saying that they, they, they suspected that the spike was being contaminated because someone was doing coke on the mummies? No, no, near, near the mummies. <laughs> Can you imagine? An archaeologist's dream is to do a line off a fucking mummy. Hey, that's my, that is my dream. <laughs> that's amazing. Like, if I can't do body shots of a 5,000-year-old dead priest, then I don't want to live anymore, man. That's why I got in this game. Oh. Um, what game? <laughs> <laughs> that sweet, sweet Egyptology game, man. Mate, that would be incredible if you did Egyptology. This, this is the amazing thing. They went and they, they checked out a whole bunch of other mummies, including Ramses II of like supposed Exodus fame. Wow. Not the band, the book. Oh, shit. Um, and turns out, yeah, he had a whole bunch of tobacco in his stomach. Mm. That would be more like the band. Yeah. <laughs> and it just turns out there's like two, something like two thirds of all mummies have cocaine in their like hair and skin fibers. That's incredible. They just go out of this world like off their tits. On it explains drug- so much. On like the first pharaoh the who planet. just got fucked on cocaine was like, right, when I die, right, this is going to sound weird, but go with me. When I die. <laughs> you need to add in the. <laughs> I want you to just like empty me out. <laughs> just, pull, just pull the brain out. Pull the brain out with sawdust, wrap me up in bandages, and put me in a pyramid. <laughs> just big, just pile of rocks 
<laughs> it's going to be like geometrically perfect, perfect pyramid. Also, bear in mind that this may take like ages to build. So, yeah. can you sort of get on it now? <laughs> <laughs> like, you may need like an army of slaves to do it as well. So, get those, and we'll talk. It turns out it wasn't ancient astronauts at all. It was just a serious coke trip. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, everything starts to make sense. That's why they drew everything in pictures. They don't have time for writing. <laughs> It's from like a, there's like a list of things from, from like stuff that keeps turning up, stuff from history that keeps turning up where it shouldn't. Oh my! So for goodness. example, like there was a Roman statue head in Mexico. Whoa! From and it was from like two thousand years ago. Yeah. So like, I'm fairly certain there was no records of Rome, the Romans going to Mexico two thousand years ago. Wait, 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 this is going to end like an eighty sitcom. <laughs> Sounds like he lost his head. That's where everyone's supposed to laugh. Thank you. Iris, are you with us? Yeah. Thank fuck, we can actually start a show. It's a little bit more happy about it. From the dark corners of the internet. Shall we do a show? Yeah, I'm all right with that. Okay. We're going to be talking E3 rather than trying to redo Mad Max because you you can't really do the show twice. We've tried it before in the past. It just doesn't work. I think we can probably redo the Mad Max episode simply because it was such a good episode, but we should do it when it comes out on DVD. Yes, when we've all had a rewatch and haven't seen it for a while. Can I tell you my theory? And it will also explain to the listeners about the whole Mad Max thing. About okay. what whole Mad Max? Yeah. Do, do, do you, you want to wait until we start a show before you tell us the theory? Do we? Oh, okay. Yeah, you're trying well, to get ahead of yourself. No, no, no. I just thought, you know, oh. it's kind of like the uh, pre-credit credits kind of snippet. But okay, let's go. Fine, okay. Oh, let's, let's go. Let's go. Let's okay, go. if you want to do it as yeah, the pre-credits no, no, snippet. No, 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 I mean, no, no, no. I've got some really interesting discussion about mummies that I can use for that. Oh, that's a really good idea. More coke and mummies. Yeah, cocaine and mummies. Okay, start the show. I really wish I was closer to you so I could immolate you. (laughs) I'm already there right now. It's already happening, man. It's really warm. (laughs) The sun is hitting us. Hello and welcome to World 1 Stage 1. I'm Simon, and joining me as ever is Jack. Why? Irish. Hey, uh. And Rob. What up? And it's been a little while since we spoke to you, for which we apologize. The last episode we recorded was Mad Max, and it was really, really good. So if you were listening to us live, well done. You made the right choice. We're not even making this up. This was, that was probably straight up our best episode we've ever, ever recorded. We have never flown three hours. We got into. The politics of it, we got into... Cinematography, music... Yep. How it revolutionises things, as well as homages things. How you know. it links in with the previous films. Yes. How it changed us as people. Yes. The journey it took us on. Oh, and, it was emotional. And, it, and it was. The, how does that episode sound, Simon? Well, you can hear my side of the conversation. 
Which brings me on to my theory. There's also a horrible kind of screeching noise, like a clown jumping on a bed. Is someone, like, beating a seagull with their penis? That was better. It's happening. What? What? There's a clown running down the street with a seagull. Ah. Ah, So we were both sort of right. Um, Yeah. So the episode, uh, I kind of figured, perhaps it sounds like if... No. It sounds like... Simon talking to ghosts. Right. In his mind. Okay. So I think it should be published anyway. Why? Because then it sounds like Simon talking to ghosts in his mind. That's, 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 that's not a theory. I, I love that you, you pitched this as a theory that would explain Mad Max. Oh, because he's got ghosts in his mind. Oh, yeah, we can go with that, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. I just want, like, it's just a cool theory about... Well, I guess it's not really a theory. That's not what a theory is! <laughs> I mean, more. But, you it's know, not a th- it, what that is... It sounds is, like Simon, we're talking to ghosts, listen to this episode, regardless of content. <laughs> and it's not a theory. That is a circumstance where you know exactly what actually happened and you're proposing an alternative universe where it's different. <laughs> I, That's exactly. not a theory. I, I'm not gonna lie. I like your universe better. Yeah, man. Because there's less chance that we fucked up. There's more chance that in your universe we don't exist. We're just, we're just figments of Simon's imagination. That's my theory. No, you right. just said your theory was <laughs> we're ghosts. Okay, he's so. changed his theory. I think the theory is evolving. <laughs> I have changed my theory. Ah, good times. So that's your. <sighs> So glad we led with that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was strong. The mummies was better. Only because they were high on cocaine. Yeah. And yarn. Yarn. So, has anyone been to the cinema? Uh. Oh. Um. Yes. Yes. Uh. No. I kind of wish I had, but it's okay. Since the last episode, yes, I have been. Hmm. Now, are you counting the last episode as Mad Max? Yes. Okay. Well, have you been seen? I've I've gone and seen the the best ever adaptation of a Yu-Gi-Oh card to this big screen, Jurassic World. Ah, it's it's funny because there's a Yu-Gi-Oh card called Jurassic World. It increases the attack and defense of all dinosaur type cards on in play by three hundred. And that's totally what happens in the film, right? Yeah, exactly. They awesome. all get their attack increased by three hundred and I, their defense. I still I still <laughs> do want to go see it. Um, I would suggest going and seeing it, but you know, I mean, we can talk about it if you want. Like, it's been it's been out a while. Got, it's I've really got, on my own. I've really not got that much to say about it. Oh, okay, that's it fine. It is then. easily the worst Jurassic Park film. That's a strong sort of claim, considering yeah. that there's three Jurassic Park. There are three, three Jurassic Park films. No, well, there are four now. Well, yeah, there are four, but well, like, and Jurassic World. There's a there's a bit in three which totally sums up three, and that's when they have to reach into the. Big pile of shit. <laughs> I thought the bit that summed up Jurassic Park 3 was when he has that nightmare on the plane and it's the raptor who looks at him and goes, Alan! Oh yeah! Oh my god! I forgot! I, I changed my mind. That's an amazing film. <laughs> right? Raptors on a plane! Right, I maintain, I maintain Jurassic Park 3 is actually a really good Jurassic Park film. Um, explain. 
Right, what do I want from a Jurassic Park movie? I want people being eaten by dinosaurs. Shit loads of dinosaurs. Dinosaurs everywhere. Yeah. Jurassic Park 3 has shit loads of dinosaurs. Dinosaurs everywhere. It is not a series, it is not a film about science run amok. It is not a series about, like, the folly of man. It is a series about, HOLY SHIT A DINOSAUR RUN! That's Jurassic Park 3. And I kind of like that. That's what I wanted from a movie. Fair enough. I did hear one wonderful theory, which is you can you can appreciate Jurassic World on a whole new level if you look at the film itself and its plot as a metaphor for its own existence and the Hollywood blockbuster in general. People want it to be want it to be bigger. They want more hype. You, want- you take an old thing and you reboot it while simultaneously making it more complicated and dumbing it down. Yes. Yeah, perfect. Okay, and, cool. and it is in fact a metaphor for its its own existence. But wow. see, my major my major problem with it is that they clearly looked at Jurassic Park three and went, "Wow, everyone hated that. I wonder why everyone hated that." Ah, better there were too many dinosaurs. Make sure there are less dinosaurs in Jurassic Park uh, in Jurassic World. More humans and more human interaction. More sexism. That's what we need. Rawr! Jurassic yeah. World. Speaking yeah. of the sexism of Jurassic World. Yep. The sexism escaped the film. What do you mean, escaped the film? It escaped the film. If you go and look at uh, the description of some of the toys, and this is relevant because it's on the entertainer's website. Uh, <gasps> okay. If you look at the description yeah, a lot to answer for. of Blue the Velociraptor. Oh, Blue, yeah. He is ready to rip and tear with his claws. And- whoa, whoa, whoa. What is the first fucking conceit of Jurassic Park. All the dinosaurs are female. Yep. <sighs> He's ready to rip and tear with his vicious claws and... Yeah, basically, because boys don't buy toys of girls. They regendered blue for the toy. I I, 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 I totally forgot that they were all female. girls. Yeah. yeah. Admittedly, some of them um, change sex because of the, the bullfrog DNA in a lot I of them. I don't think Blue's one of them. No. Well, here's no, the other... Here's no, the other no, here's, no, here's, no. It's pretty... That's silly. Here's that's another major silly. problem I have with Jurassic World, and it, it's not a spoiler to say, because um, it's in all the trailers, is that genetic splicing and modification is a big part of Jurassic World. Yeah, you I went and made your own dinosaur? Yeah, they went and made their own dinosaur by splicing together some DNA and stuff. And there is one of them... Where they're just like, oh yeah, what sort of DNA and stuff like that? He goes, yeah, don't worry, we put in this, 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 and frogs. And I just sat bolt upright in the cinema and went, did you learn nothing? Like, I, I get that that is the whole point of the Jurassic Park films is, oh, when will man learn? But, but you'd, you'd hope they sort of navigate that with plot a bit better, yeah. But there's, there's like, there's, there's opening the park again. Like, I get greed and, and money and wanting to make it work. Mm. But there's that, and then there's, okay, the, the, the reason everything <laughs> fell apart, other than Dennis fucking Nedry, the reason everything <laughs> fell apart the first time round was frog DNA. So we used it again. Why would you do right. it again? Does anyone mind if I do spoil a little? Uh, Rob might. Let's triple check. Do you mind? Um, like, how, how, how spoiler are we talking? Because I do want to go see it. Um, hmm. I don't know, because I've not seen it, so I don't know how big a spoiler oh, it is. <laughs> Uh, but you know it's on the same island, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's Isla Nubar. It's not Isla Sauna. It's, it's Jurassic Park 1 island, not right. Isla yes. okay. Nubar. Is this and about the T-Rex? Know... Yes. Yes, I know this. I haven't seen it. You know there are callbacks to the original film. 
including not the T-Rex roar. But the T-Rex. Yeah. It's the same Rex. It's, oh, that's cool. It's the same Rex? Now, yeah, yeah it's Rexy. Oh. It's, Rexy is the original T-Rex from the first Jurassic Park film. The scarring is the same. That's interesting, because she's green. Yeah, but it's the same scars. Yeah, but it was nighttime all the time. It's been, it's been except 22 years. Except the times that it was daytime and she was brown. Uh, and what's really interesting is that it's, it's actually the same animatronic prop. Huh. Oh. Oh, well. They've given it a new skin, but that yeah. was a deliberate homage to their SFX guy. Was oh. that Rexy was the same animatronic as the original? Oh, that's part. Cool. That, is this now, a, is that the Phil Phil? What's it? No, no, that was the dinosaur it? supervisor. That's that not it, yeah. the same as the special <laughs> effects guy. Um, <laughs> that's the best job title in the world. You had one job, supervisor. Yeah, one job. Um, yeah, he fucking yeah, he didn't fucking do his job right. Yeah, based on what we see in he replied Park. to it. He replied to it recently, didn't he? In his Twitter. Yes. Yeah. But um, my my point about the T-Rex from the first Jurassic Park film turning up in Jurassic World yep. was, I get it, you're reopening the park, you're building it on the same island, fair enough, fine, it's a bit of real estate you already own. Do you remember there was an incident with a former park where a T-Rex got loose? Yep. Have you tracked it down? Have you made sure it's not still out there? Apparently they have tracked it down, they have made sure it's not out there, they've then tranquilised it and put it in a pen. Oh, right. The way I heard it described, it sounds like... Because like, they go to the ruins of the old park, yeah? Yeah. Uh, the way I heard it, like, the T-Rex was just wandering around in there. No, 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 no. And, and that's not where Rex... This Rex, whole time. The Rex... The, the only T-Rex in the, in the film is in uh, a, an exhibit. Oh, thank fuck. Okay, yeah. that's less stupid than I was giving it credit no, for. No, no, no. So what it means is, though, is that they found this T-Rex, tranquilised it, and then put it in a box... Well, it has well, worked so well in Lost World. They yeah. put it back in a box. Yeah, I'm really what I'm really annoyed by is the fact that that T Rex doesn't have the T Rex roar, mm. the iconic Jurassic Park sound. Like Jurassic Park three really fucked up because they killed the T Rex. Killed T Rex. Yeah. They had another dinosaur kill the T Rex. Yeah, yeah. In this film, they had the T Rex get its ass kicked a couple of times and not have its own roar. Oh, and also tag team with a Velociraptor, but that's something else. Oh, okay. Well, I've had enough. That's not, again, like, I'm not spoiling any plot things, but that's, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. I'm going to see it when it comes out on streaming, probably. I'm in yeah. no rush. Yeah. I'd say, like, go and see it. If you, if you, uh, there are some moments that actually had me close to tears right at the beginning of the film, like the music playing and being on the monorail, going towards the original gates from Jurassic Park mm. opening up and, like, and, and see... And as it like did these panning shots over the park and like kids in a petting zoo with baby dinosaurs. <laughs> and I was like, I literally could feel the tears welling up in my eyes going, this is everything I wanted as a child. I wanted a dinosaur theme park. I wouldn't <laughs> give a shit if they were animatronic or real. I want a dinosaur theme park. And I always wanted one as a kid. And here it is. Everything I ever dreamed of is right fucking here. Beautiful. Now what's Hammond's dream? Hey. Never that mind. was Hammond's dream. That was Hammond's dream, and you know he's gone now. But it's been it's been twenty two years since the first film happened in the, their timeline, and Jurassic World at that point had been open had been open for ten years. Has it? Yeah. In that when you when you when you when you watch the movie, it's been the park has been open for ten years. But wait, Jurassic Park three came out less than ten years ago. But that's ten years. No, dress. Oh yeah, Jurassic Park two was uh, three was the second island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
That was uh, that was Isla's Fall. Yeah, Isla's Fall. Yeah, Isla's. I know my. Oh, trust me, dude. Yeah. I know my Jurassic Park. <laughs> All right. Oh yeah. Well, Fucking don't. Oh man. Oh, <laughs> oh yes, those. You did hear? Yeah, it's uh, the park, right? <laughs> apparently, yeah. yeah, the park been the the Jurassic World park had been open for ten years by the point the movie being you know you get into the movie. So that's why they you know had to keep making bigger and better attractions because people, you know, people come to it and go, oh, and then they've seen it. Which is my problem with the whole premise. If SeaWorld can still make business when everybody hates them just because they have a killer whale, yep. Jurassic Park can continue to turn a profit with a T-Rex. Absolutely. A T-Rex that is in that film for like 30 seconds. Um, but uh, this thing is just like, it, it's, it's the one line of Chris Pratt in that film that I actually like. It's just, they're dinosaurs. That's wow enough. Exactly. That's my that's my point. Like yeah. SeaWorld, killer whale. That's all they've got. Yeah. And they've been running a business off the back of that, fairly immorally, for a very long time. If you've got dinosaurs, you're going to do better than SeaWorld. <laughs> very true. Although the tickets are ridiculously expensive. Dinosaurs. Yeah. But I like I would live there. I would I would say like, just I I don't care if they give me a job or not, I would just go there and start helping out and working there regardless of whether they paid me or not, they could pay me in being near dinosaurs. <laughs> Which anyway, dinosaurs this is not, in yeah. fact, a uh, Jurassic World episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I will also say as well, again, it's, I'm not going to spoil anything, okay. um, but it is, is, it's a point they bring up in the plot of the film, and it's, like, it's a throwaway line, which I really, really liked because it, it brings together all the sort of Jurassic Park films quite nicely, is they talk about genetic modification in, in the park and in dinosaurs. Mm. And they basically say, um, we've always filled in gaps in the genetic code with, with existing DNA, like yeah. frogs in the first film and so on and so forth. And they do, they, and the guy who's doing, who sort of is in charge of the genetic modification section says, if we just use dino DNA, if we just use pure dinosaur DNA, they would look very different to what we have here today. And what they've done there is they've basically gone, yeah, feathers. we now know dinosaurs have feathers. Mm. Our dinosaurs don't have feathers because they're not dinosaurs. They are sort of hybrid uh, modified things. And so and not, only, not only does that cover their ass like in a retcon perspective, yeah. it also, also going their forward for the future, for any future Jurassic Park films, doesn't matter what they design the dinosaurs to look like. They've now explained it. This and is genius. And that, that guy, that scientist, yep. is the same scientist from the first Jurassic Park film. Yep. So, you know, when, they, when he goes, when is the part when he goes, you seriously think that, you know, the DNA we get from the amber is all we need. We have yeah. to fill in the gaps. It's like, I've been doing this for, you know, <laughs> 22 years. I have, to, I had to do it. So that's the thing about paleontology. They kind of have ruined the dinosaurs a bit, haven't they? Like, I mean, <laughs> as soon as I found out that dinosaurs really had feathers... The first thing I thought of was Jurassic Park, and I don't think I would have been as scared as a, of a T Rex. Clearly, you've, not, clearly you've not seen the right birds. That's yeah. very. Yeah, if if okay. you've ever seen like raptors, the birds of prey raptors, yeah, coming at you, and now they're only like a few foot across in wingspan. That's still scary. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now imagine scared, a 20-foot-tall bird of prey <laughs> that can run at the speed of a small car coming at you. That's kind of terrifying. It is It is terrifying, but I mean... Okay, it would okay. be, very, it would be as iconic. Look cooler. 
I will. I, you can see, I, I do love my dinosaurs, and I've got to agree. Yeah, okay. My, I think it's because they're so wound up in my mind. And yeah, they're ingrained scales. into our uh, minds, yeah. aren't they, as scale. But that's but that's fine. Um, I, I I think it's just it's one line, really, really well done. Oh really yeah, cool. yeah, that's right. Cool. the first films and makes it go right. They still work. Any future films we do, they still work. Any future discoveries we may make about dinosaurs, hey. It fits. still works. Yeah, it, it fits. But it's, it's pretty clever. Yeah, so I'll give them that. They did I, that well. I want to give it credit where it's due. I would still say it is a bad film. It is potentially the worst Jurassic Park film. But credit where credit's due. That was a good, good line for fixing <laughs> a good single line. There, yeah, there yeah. are there are moments like, yeah, yeah. and I think largely it's based out of nostalgia and massive amounts of dinophilia for me. But you know what, Tim uh, Timothy Zahn. A sci-fi writer once called Spackle Hand Waving and Bullshit. <laughs> that is a perfect Spackle Hand Waving and Bullshit line. Yes. But it works. It works really well. Well, yeah. If it doesn't work, then it's not good. Spackle Hand Waving and Bullshit. Ah, That's the point. Gotcha. It's the, he was one of the big writers in the Star Wars EU. And it was in specific reference to how do writers who know what they're talking about work around George Lucas's nonsense. (laughs) The Kessel Kessel Run, for example. And he basically said it was speckle hand-waving and bullshit. Cool. So, yeah. Um, I also want to get into, just because, hey, I'm saying it and I can, uh, The Wicked and the Divine, because I made Jack read it. Yeah, he did. I'm all the way through. (laughs) Oh, awesome. So we won't discuss any spoilers for the first volume then? Well... Because there are some. If you don't mind, if you really want to go into it, though, like, it's okay. I mean, I don't... It's up to you, really. Well, wait, no, it's, we it's can cool. do an episode on it. We can, okay. Yeah, we can absolutely do a full episode on it. But you liked it. Mm. Mm. Oh, gosh. Uh, so far, I love it, yeah. Because what I want is voices out there that aren't just me telling our listeners and everyone we know, going, buy it. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it's go, well go, and, it. go and buy it, and then come and support us whenever we do this like friggin' cosplay group that I'm going to try and get sorted. <laughs> oh, that'd be cool. Because I want to be, me, I want to be me some Baphomet. Yeah, God damn it. And by the time you're hearing this, uh, the second trade paperback will be out as well. So there's now two books of oh, the Divine. I will own it. I already have it in singles, but I will own it as well. Yeah. I might try and buy, I think it's volume, uh, not volume, issue, I think it's issue 10, the one with Baphomet on the cover, with all the blood running down his face. Uh, Just in terms of spoiling yourself, I I mean, buy and read the trade paperback before you buy and read that issue. Okay, cool. No, I'll just buy it and just, like, (laughs) fucking frame that on the wall, man. Yeah, that's fair enough. Then I won't be the only person I know with a framed issue of uh, that book. Yeah. I mean, like I said, Baphomet, not my favourite character, but, like, in terms of... That, oh, I've been trying to sort of do the whole thing of placing where everyone is on the musical spectrum like in terms of references and stuff and I'm, I'm really getting a sense of uh, late 90s early 2000s shock metal with Baphomet like like early Slipknot stuff of just like properly what can we say that's going to offend shock people with the loudest most cacophonous music we, we can possibly put together that kind of stuff hmm I think it's a tribute because even 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 halfway through, 
the fact that you can assign a particular musical quality oh, yeah, to the yeah. character is it, it really shows how well the tone of that yeah plus, plus is a little with. bit of sort of 80s metal and exactly yeah, yeah that, that sort and, of thing well there's I mean there's some massive Nick Cave going on there as well yeah. oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. also I mean like things like uh, Marilyn Manson and Alice Cooper in that kind yeah. of you know big style and, and gruesomeness because so. these the go- these were the guys that were responsible for doing those album covers weren't they what what were they what were they called I swear you've told me about this before. These See, the phonogram books that each issue was based on uh, an album. Yes, was it an album from the 90s. That was phonogram, yes. Ah, okay. They're the same people though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Because <laughs> they, they, I mean, in a way, this is just very closely related to phonogram because phonogram was a book wherein music herself was a goddess that manifested in many different aspects mm. for different genres. And the books, the phonogram books are specifically concerned with Britannia, who is a goddess who is incarnated twice, once as the sort of mod movement and once as Britpop. <laughs> um, arguably her reincarnation being not quite as strong as her original incarnation. Um, and about cultists trying to resurrect her early uh, for a third incarnation, uh, disobeying the rule that incarnations of an aspect of the goddess have to wait at least 20 years. <laughs> huh. um, so it's a really fun book, but this takes in a, a slightly more... Uh, it adds more broad sense of religion to the, the music as gods manifesting uh, and becomes much more about celebrity and fame rather than just music. Mm. Uh, which is a very different sense. And it's also about death. A lot about death. A lot of their books are about death, I've noticed. Well, this one, much more so. Yeah. Um, I mean, yes, Kieran Gillen did coin the phrase none more goth and likes killing characters. But this one came out of a pretty dark place dealing with his own father's mortality. So it's just very much about death and mortality. The nature therein. Indeed. Yeah. You met these folks, didn't you, Simon? Uh, I've now met them three times. That's so cool. Because, uh, I mean, they live in London and... That's where you live. Exactly. My so God. whenever they're doing signings or talks in the area, it's very easy for me to get to them. Oh, awesome. That's and cool. I really like their work, so I try to. Yes, absolutely. Uh, which is why I have uh, various signed things by them as well. I was going to say, is that why you have the framed one? <laughs> yes. Um, oh. They did a variant um, issue one cover that had no writing on it. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was still Lucifer's face, but no writing, precisely so it could be signed. It was designed to be autographed. Oh. So I have that one. And uh, I also have the trade paperback, uh, which was the fourth signed trade paperback because I was there for the launch. Uh, that's gonna wow man that, that is going to be valuable well it is completely personalized to me um so the resale <laughs> value is the resale value is a bit interesting i'd have to find someone else uh who identified with the twitter handle that satanic pony because uh, <laughs> kieran very specifically drew a pony covered in uh i'm not sure if it's been stabbed by knives or crucifixes because kieran is not the artist <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's, I like to say I've got art by Kieran Gillen and words by Jamie McKelvey. Nice. 
<laughs> Just that definitely the wrong way around. Mix it up. Uh, but yes, Wicked and the Divine, buy it. It's awesome. And buy volume two as well, because... I Yes, we'll do an episode after you've caught up with a, a volume two. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm I, I'm very much happy to... Because the, the reason why I finished is because I was reading it on my computer. Well, okay. um, and my computer got messed up. But anyway, that's boring talk, so let's move on. Does anyone else what? have any know. preamble before we get into E3? Oh, okay. That's E3? What we're doing. Oh, What's we're doing that? E3. What's E3? Now... <laughs> are you asking, or are you portraying the role of the audience? Well, the audience already knows, so we're portraying the role of uh, two doofuses. <laughs> just people just being, like, you know, we, we didn't need to do that, do we? Did no, we, let's, we I mean, didn't need to do that. Okay, we E3? Both know, we both know what it is. So. E3, what's that? What? Uh, we're still doing it. Yeah, let's, oh, okay. let's, I mean, we're dedicated now. Right, okay, All fine. Right. What's that? We're committing to the bit. Yeah, E3 is the Electronic Entertainment Expo, or that's what it used to stand for. Now it just stands for E3. Uh, It is is a games show. It is probably the games show, uh, the annual gathering of the games industry for which underpaid uh, developers work to a ridiculous crunch mode, trying to prepare the videos that will only be seen for a couple of minutes and then pulled apart by journalists for at least six months to a year before what they're working on actually has a chance to come out. Um, it is it is a horrible, horrible thing to have to do if you're in the industry. Yeah. But it is a good opportunity for us, the consumers, to have a look at what's coming in... And the critics. That's true, yeah. Although I'd say they're also consumers. Yes, that's true. But, uh, yeah, to have a look at what's coming for anywhere from, like, that day, in the case of uh, Fallout Shelter, to probably eight years from now, in the case of some of the stuff that Square Enix showed off. <laughs> <laughs> if ever. Well, yes, quite. I, I love that one of their presentations was, here are three paintings. What? Yeah, they showed off three paintings, and were like, here's a sneak glimpse at a game in development, and it was just three pieces of concept art. <laughs> That's not a game in development. And then there was the announcement of Kingdom Hearts 3, where they were the, the big announcement was that they were now making it. The corollary of which, presumably, is that they weren't already. I assume Square Enix are preposterously up their own asses by this point. <laughs> You've got to imagine. I mean, I, I don't know where I would get that idea from. I, I'm thinking possibly... Final Fantasy X onwards, but, you know... They are quite lofty, aren't they? A little bit. Yeah. But that's quite funny that they just brought along three pictures. <laughs> like, like, everyone else has these massive displays. Here, here's a, like, screen, here's trailers. a, a Squeenix <laughs> announcement at fucking E3 would just be like, all right, we've got a huge announcement. Final Fantasy XX is going to happen one day. Oh, my God! And, like, <laughs> we're going to show you a sneak peek of our brand new game, and they just pull the curtains aside, and it's just the words Final Fantasy 25 on a piece of paper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, is, it is a bit like that. They did announce an announcement. Yeah. Mm. They announced oh, that. that they would be announcing Final Fantasy 7. I can't wait till next year when they announce an announcement that they're going to announce something. <laughs> I just I just confused the hell out of myself right now. But yes, ignoring Squeenix, as, as is so often the way. <laughs> yep. Just let them get on with it. Yeah. Okay. Who do we let's, want to start with? Let's start with a game that's already come out that was shown at E3, and that is Arkham Knight. 
let's talk about it, but briefly, so we don't go into spoilers, because I've only played two hours of it. Well, we were having a bit of a pre-show conversation without spoiling. Okay. All I have had it spoiled for me, but I haven't oh. played it. Um, but I know who the Arkham Knight is. Oh. And the thing about that is it was exactly the person I guessed it would be. Okay. Despite the fact that they said in the run-up that it was a completely original character. Spoiler, it's not. Okay, well, I have my <laughs> theories, but I don't want cool. to, just in case I'm wrong. Which could Well, I, I won't confirm or deny if you were to reveal your theory. In fact, okay, I'm going to... No, 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 because I, I can't well probably give it away. To the listeners, I, this is going to be a very complex way of doing it. I'm going to look away from everyone in the room. <laughs> Simon, don't say a word don't when look, I don't say look away it. away from the microphone. Uh, and, yeah, and, and then Simon will then know my guess, okay? Okay, I'm going to do it. I'm looking away. So my guess from the dialogue and the little hints that we've had so far that the Arkham Knight is, in fact, Jason Todd. Let's move on. Let's move on. In the run-up to Arkham Knight, in all the press, uh, Rocksteady claimed that it would be a completely original character. Um, And all I will say about that is J.J. Abrams claimed that Benedict Cumberbatch would be playing a completely original character (laughs) in Into Darkness. Um, So yes, let's move on. The PC edition of Arkham Knight is a piece of dog shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I had a feeling it might be. Well, it's it's been withdrawn from sale. That doesn't happen often. Completely. Oh, I thought they just it, delayed it. The amount of Steam refunds that went up. No, it went on sale for a day. It generated about 500 negative reviews on Steam. And then it went off sale again. Uh, it's, it, was, it was a complete failure. Uh, it's a perfect example of the problem with the games industry being so obsessed with release dates. Yeah. Because the PC version was a port done by a third-party company. Oh, no, that's not a good sign, is it? No, and they clearly cut a few corners because, well, it came out and was basically unplayable with frame rates ranging from 3 to 30 frames per second depending on, well, not really depending on how busy the scene was, just depending on its mood. Oh. Hmm. So, yeah, a lot, a lot of bugs, terrible frame rate. Generally, as I say unplayable that's upsetting to hear because from what the two hours that I've played or so on the PS4 uh, I've really enjoyed Um, there are some things that I kind of agree with Jack saying um, there's um, when you get into the Batmobile for instance um, I love the Batmobile in the game because you get that visceral feeling of jumping from a skyscraper gliding and then landing in the Batmobile and then boosting and driving off and you feel amazing. However, there is a a combat system in this game, two combat systems involving the Batmobile. One is when you're in normal Batmobile mode and you're just driving uh, and chasing criminals and um, paramilitary forces, that kind of thing. Second mode is a little bit, eh, it's uh, you basically hold the right trigger and you go, the Batmobile basically transforms into battle mode and you're sort of then become basically a gliding kind of tank thing. And this is this is the problem I had, which is here like I had a list of things I wanted from a Batman game, right? Right. And on that list, at no point are the words hover tank battles. Yeah, I can understand that. Tank, or indeed tank. guns. Yeah. That that is something that is dealt with in plot. Um, it is 
Are there you guns? Know. Huh? Are there guns on the Batmobile? Sort of. Then it's not dealt with. In in the in the same way that like uh, like Batman has like grappling hook guns and stuff like that and, and ele- well it's it, basically one of them is an ex- the and an the thing taper. that stops you driving over people for instance is like an extension of the R E um, D or something it was basically the electronic rifle from Arkham City but now uh, basically put uh, basically on the the bumpers of the Batmobile. And it sends like a static charge, so it knocks people out of the way when you're driving, so you don't kill people when you're driving. You can't. You, it's impossible to run anyone over in the Batmobile, basically. Um, although it is pretty cool watching them be blasted away by electronic energy. But um, this is the weakest point in the game, though. The rest of it that I've experienced so far is unbelievably and, and awesome. Therein lies one for me: is that the Batmobile gets used because it is the weakest part of the game and it's only when you're in battle mode though when you're in in my opinion when you're just driving around yeah uh and doing chases and stuff i've just seen so much battle mode batmobile stuff and also the fact that it gets used as a gadget so much like the amount like i said the amount of time it's like okay there's a big ring thing there you need to pull down go get the batmobile i'm like okay get the batmobile i'm doing it goes okay cool now there's a thing over there which you need to grab and then pull over like a lamppost. Yeah. yeah. Use the Batmobile. I'm like, um, <laughs> I've I've kind of got a grappling hook going. I barely certain I could do that myself. I mean, I, I did it in you know use the Batmobile, <laughs> and you have to use the Batmobile for <laughs> everything. And it's like I, I really wouldn't think of using the Batmobile in this specific situation. The game's like, no, nope, Batmobile. When they first announced Arkham Knight, I I was immediately sort of cold on it. Because I loved Arkham Asylum. Arkham Asylum is one of my favourite games oh, yeah. of all time. It's one of the few modern games I've 100%ed because I just spent so much time in that world. Mm. And the reason I spent so much time there was it was dripping detail off of every surface. Because they had a tight area to work with, they could massively design each piece of it. Yeah. The world felt completely inhabited. City gave you vast tracts of fairly personality-free city populated by mooks. Uh, and when you're free-roaming, that's not that exciting unless there's a purpose to the space, if that makes sense. I mean, with, what with they did t- was make the game bigger. They didn't add anything for me by doing that. I think with City, there are those big moments, but there's the the the, the, the closed in areas that there are in City, like the, the, the set pieces of City. Well, like, great. Yeah, they're brilliant. They are, like you said, dripping with character, just like Asylum is. Yeah, uh, I think I think it's yeah, admittedly, but with um with Knight Arkham Knight, yeah. um, I I am. Um, Willing to say that this has more detail. Fair enough. Than? Than... Mm, City? City. And when you say more detail, do you mean more texture, more twiddly bits, or do you mean whiteboards with doctor's names that are references to comics? Oh, I, I'm talking about Batman lore. I'm talking about, oh. uh, like, basically everywhere in Gotham. There's, um, there's a whole bunch of stuff in like the police station and that kind of thing, which is actually kind of cool. You can go yeah. to GCPD and there's a whole bunch of fa- various bits and pieces on whiteboards and bits on mm-hmm. clipboards and things like that. But also, this game, like the other two, unlike the other two, I'd say, really captures the 
feel not only of being Batman like the other two, I still think do incredibly well, but also you have that feel of Batman like you read him in the comics, like on patrol. Um, the others, he's obviously kind of uh, contained to a smaller area. In this, it feels awesome because you feel like you're Batman on this night and all of Gotham's free for you to go around um, and then all of these different things start happening. And I, even from the first scene, there's a first scene in a diner where you don't play as Batman. Um, you, oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. and um, you, you just enter... Uh, you're you're a normal person. You're not like a you're not like a particular character at all. Um, you're a police officer, and this isn't a spoiler, but it's basically just a scene that begins in a diner in Gotham. And walking around this diner, you see signs that are saying uh, from the Metropolis um, uh, sort of leisure and tourism department, uh, "Come to Metropolis uh, for a shining future." You have missing posters of particular people that are missing in the game and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you hear reports on the radio. You see that the um, the Gotham football team are playing uh, uh, currently when the TV's on in the corner. Um, there is a lot of detail. Um, Fair enough. Uh, but I have heard a lot of people saying that um, the Riddler challenges, for example. Right. I've not Arkham, done any of these. In Arkham Asylum, they were... They were puzzles, if not riddles. They were complex. They took a lot of lateral thinking and clever application of your tools to solve. Mm. In Arkham Knight, a whole lot of them are races. Yeah. The Riddler yeah, just I've says, not done any of these, but I Riddle me this, Batman. Drive really fast. <laughs> I just feel like he's not trying anymore. That's kind of actually, weirdly enough, that's actually kind of a thing I'm getting from Riddler in this, is that he's kind of losing his grip a little bit. And I, I've said, I've not seen enough of Knight to make a judgment, but based on what I've seen from the, the beginning bits and the first race model, he is somewhat losing his grip a little bit. Mm. And if that's an excuse for the fact that the challenge trophies are now, in, in more than one case, just lying out in the open, and it's just, oh, I've seen one, I can pick it up. I, it just sounds, because it's so big and the developers are spread so thin, it sounds like they got lazy yeah. in various aspects of it that were so tight in Arkham Asylum. And you add the Batmobile, you add the Batmobile's missiles and guns and battle mode, and it doesn't... I think that takes away from that feel of being Batman, because that's not Batman to me. I don't know. Um, again, I, I mean, I can't fully comment because I haven't finished it. I've only played about two. I haven't played hours. any of it. So, <laughs> yeah. and I'm commenting. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously Asylum is, is wonderful. Like I will never speak of that game because it was jaw droppingly awesome. Um, but in terms of the actual, what I will say of it then, if nothing else, and I don't, I'm not going to say what it is. Hopefully you haven't had this spoiled for you. If you do play it sometime, Simon, because there, there is a main conceit of the plot uh, that occurs like 40 minutes into the main missions. Um, and from there, like Batman lore jumps out of the screen and begins just slapping Violently you about the face. Assaulting you like with a crowbar. Like it's everywhere. And you, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about... Should we, should we just say, yeah, Batman lore just jumps out of the screen and violently shoots you in the spine? Uh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That I think is a big enough clue, but you know, <coughs> it's, 
There's so much. There's so much. From Does this have them. anything to do with the other J.J. Abrams-like promise that Joker was definitely not in it? Uh, well, no, that promise And the fact that he absolutely broken. is. Well, that promise has not been broken. It's not been broken. I, mm. Well, he, he is. I've seen pictures of him in the game. Um, yeah. if, if it's flashbacks or scarecrow hallucinations, that doesn't matter. He's in it. Okay, fair enough. Then, okay. If you put him in it, he's in it. Whatever conceit you want to say, oh, it was a hallucination, he wasn't really in it. You say that Joker does not appear in this game, and then you put Joker in the game. That's a J.J. Abrams type claim. Like, I don't know if they actually said that, though. Oh, they did. Did they? Yeah. Um, I, I, I will say, though, um, that it is quality. Because I know that Scarecrow is the main villain, so I'm assuming the conceit is that Batman uh, hallucinates and sees fearful versions of all of his failures around him. Kind of, but there's a very, very... It's kind of... It's that partly, but it's also very much linked to the last game as well. It's it's less... So, I mean, it's less uh, it's, it's less anything to do with Scarecrow, and it's it, there's a couple of other things going there. It is largely... Um, I mean, it's a thing that I think we've seen more from uh, Joker's perspective in a lot of comics and a lot of the animated series, which is uh, like, oh, what's that episode of the animated series? Uh, the Man Who Killed the Man Batman. Who Killed Batman, yeah. When you mm. see, like, Joker is pretty much unable to function when Batman isn't around. He's just like, yeah. oh, shit, what do I do now? We very re- we don't ever really get to see what would Batman do if Joker wasn't around? Yeah. And... It's it's basically Batman realizing, oh shit, I you know, things are very different now. Um, the villains start acting in a very different way because there isn't that sort of element of the Joker possibly pop, you know popping up and destroying shit left, right, and center. Okay. So the villains are acting very differently. They've basically all gone. The, the whole point to the, like, the beginning of it is that the, all the villains of Gotham have gone. Hey, we don't have to worry about the Joker anymore. We could we could probably actually form a pretty cohesive unit for like a brief period of time i'm not saying we worked together indefinitely but you know we don't have to worry about the joker element you know the wild card Mm. we could probably kill batman that is a conceit they've done in the comics yeah Uh, so yeah i can see that working because it does work well and it's a thing that they can now do because joker's not in it and it's but it's largely the psychological aspect of batman going oh shit was joker like it's the whole thing of you know it is your best friend your worst enemy Mm. you know the, the one person who gets you the most like, because Batman is closed off from even his, from, you know, from Alfred, from Robin, from Oracle, he's closed off a whole bunch of this stuff about himself. Yeah. Is Joker the one person that really got him the best? And it's, even, even if you're like, no, it's, it's an interesting sort of thing to start working through and start looking into. They're adding a little bit of psychology into the game. I will say that the plot, I really quite liked Arkham Knight. I like that they are exploring this as a... Uh, like as, essentially, as, uh, uh, an Arkham game as a psychological horror. This is it. This is what, exactly what I was going to say. It is very much what if the Arkham games um, basically inhaled um, Long Halloween and, uh, um, and a, Serious House on Serious Earth and, and a little bit of Dark Knight Returns and Dark Knight Returns, and you just because it's a inject lot, that yeah. into the Arkham game. So it's now a lot more about. A, a, a psychological journey for Batman. Yeah, it's. I, I never expected Rocksteady to let me down on plot. Even yeah, when I was it. looking at Night and going, this is going to be a weak game, I thought it would be a weak game with a good story. Yeah. I literally just thought, you guys are a small team doing a bigger and bigger world. 
Mm. And the bigger the world is, the less of you there is in each part of it. Spreads. Um, butter exactly. I just I felt the team would spread themselves too thin, and the game would cut corners and lose something of it, of what I felt was its type and storytelling. Give it a go, and I mean, I, yeah, I, I, was well, I intend urged. to give it a go. I've just been it's made like, it, to it's wait. Not spoiler, it's not spoilers for you because, like you said, you've seen screenshots. But the bits with Joker, like Joker's appearances. Are really quite nicely done given the sort they're of wonderful. They're, they're very nicely done given the sort of element of Batman having essentially a nervous breakdown. Well, and yeah, that's... I mean, I have to say, I figured that if Scarecrow was going to be the main villain of this game, then they'd have to have something to replace the Scarecrow moments. But that's the thing: is I, having seen what I've seen, I'm not entirely certain or convinced or even mildly assured that they have anything to do with Scarecrow. Yeah. No, but I mean, in terms of gameplay, in terms of the way oh. they structure the narrative, they would need something to replace the Scarecrow moments. Yeah, I mean, they didn't really have any in City because Scarecrow wasn't in it. Well, they replaced that with Razzle Ghoul stuff. Oh, but, I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think what Jack's trying to say, this, the thing is about this is that it's not so much replacing like an element of gameplay, rather, this is, a, this is something that Joker's influence in this game is continuous from a... Um, one point in the game, and essentially, let's just say you have a very intimate relationship with the Joker throughout the as, game. As Batman, does. as Batman, yeah, uh, in a very real way. When I said that they, uh, I, I was <laughs> claiming that they were misleading you when they said that Joker was not in the game. This is what I mean. Joker is very yes. much in the tapestry of this game. But yeah. But also, oh. yeah, yeah. Let's. I think we should move on. Yeah, because otherwise, <laughs> we'll be, but honestly, Simon, I think I, I honestly think you will like it. I, I think you will. There, are, like, like I've said, that there, there are kind of elements, and it's mainly with and, it, and, it, and but, it's, um, it's Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy interacting, yes. which is. Always- I, I, well, I genuinely expect that my reaction to this will be my reaction to City, but more so. Yeah. Which was that the story was great, the set pieces were great, but man, I hate how bland getting from place to place was okay in city i enjoyed swooping off a building with my cape once and after that it just became a reason it took longer to get from set piece to set piece and it became mmo like in the go and beat up this many goons until you find the one who will give you information go and beat up this many goons who one of whom will give you an item and i was like oh, yay, padding gameplay. Thank you for that. Um, and it just felt that there was more of that because it was a bigger world. So it was a reason to go out and explore as opposed to following a a, a tighter path yeah. through the story. But man, that combat system. Yes. Oh. It's like almost everything I've heard that has got, made me go, oh, I don't like the sound of that has been offset by... Uh, one thing, which is you can counter during a takedown, and I'm like, oh, all right, sold. Yeah, <laughs> and all, oh, and and so much more, it, it, and so much more. It looks more. so fluid. It's, it's perfect, beautiful. It's brutal in the way that the takedown systems in all the other games were. Um, and the game, oh, I, I've said it multiple times whilst these guys have been playing. It just is so gorgeous because it is because it's Gotham. It is constantly raining, and just watching the friggin' beads of rain drip down the. The, the cape as you're sort of flying through the, the air. Yeah. Oh, it's spe- so it, it is special. It is very special. And this is why I don't think you'll 
think it's as bland as City yeah. in terms and, of moving around because like the street lights, the, the street lights sort of yeah. glaring off the, the soaked streets as you Batmobiles uh, careens around. A corner yeah, and you get the lens. You get like oh. talking of JJ Abrams a little bit of lens flare when you see the Batmobile rev up and um, the lights shine at you through the camera and stuff. Oh, it's so cool. I fully expect to hate the Batmobile. Yeah, I, I hate it. Give it a go. I hate it, but it is, does give you that sort of moment. And like I said, with certain flourishes of, of, of graphical loveliness. Um, like, uh, oh, it is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful game. Yeah. Um, regardless of, you know, Batmobile and, and uh, lies, um, <laughs> it, is a, it is a gorgeous game. But that game is out now, yes. uh, and E3 predominantly is about games that are not out now. Well, that, that is true. That wasn't out when E3 happened. That's true, actually. Yes. Okay, but let's talk about <laughs> games that still aren't out now. Okay, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's nothing. Let's just scroll down this so, list. So, uh, Fallout 4. But actually, there was one thing I was going to ask, because I know Fallout 4 we're going to go into a lot. Okay, yep. Simon. Yes. Have you got an Oculus Rift yet? Yes. Can you tell us about it, please? <laughs> because um, I so want to see one. Sure. I mean, yes, it's a, it's a mixed experience. The Oculus Rift isn't a commercial product yet. Okay. It, it is a developer's kit that I've got. Uh, so it is finicky. Uh, it's, it complains a lot when you're trying to get it to work um, because equally the game's aren't ready for it because it's not finished. Okay. So there's only so many games you can play with it at the moment, and the experience varies wildly. Oh. Uh, some are really, really glitchy and shit. Uh, Project Cars is a great example, because uh, Project Cars is a racing sim on the PC that is absolutely gorgeous. It's mm. beautiful, because... Cars are quite easy to render, and so are tracks. And yeah. that's why Gran Turismo is always one of the earliest really good-looking games on a yeah, new Sony console. And Project Cars supports the Oculus Rift. So you've got the in-cockpit view, and you know, if you want to look out the left window of your car, you look out the left window of your car. If you want to oh. look at the instruments on the dash, you just look down slightly. That's so cool. You are in the car, and it's so compelling. Uh, except that the menus don't support the Oculus Rift. Oh. <laughs> so to set up a race and actually get into the race, what I have to do is I've got a patch for the software I use to stream to Twitch that will capture half of the Oculus Rift screen and then warp it back flat again and then remove the chromatic aberration. And it's just so much work so <sighs> that I can stream one eye's worth of the picture as an ordinary picture on my monitor so I can take the Oculus Rift off and see the menus <laughs> and then put the Oculus Rift back on to race. Oh my god. So the support is really shit. <laughs> but I was under the impression that it was basically there. Like I saw a whole Minecraft thing going on. Oh no, no. Three. Wait, don't get me wrong. Um, like I said, it, the experience varies wildly from game to game. Project Cars, it's not there. Okay. Uh, the Minecraft thing you actually saw was the HoloLens from Microsoft because um, oh. Notch sold out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah. Damn you, Notch. <laughs> and and cancelled the Oculus Rift version. Anyway, uh, made like, money. House made of money. Elite Dangerous. <gasps> it's there. Oh, wow. Every, it's completely natively supported in Elite Dangerous. The menus, 
adapt to 3D and just float in front of you. And I don't know if you've played Elite, uh, uh, the new I, one. I haven't personally, no, but I've seen a lot of it. Okay, uh, in Elite, you're in cockpit UI, as it yeah, were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you look to the left with your sort of look left button, a screen turns on there. Uh, that It's a sort of holographic projection. And if you look to the right, it turns on. And this works with the headset. So you literally just turn to look at where a screen should be and it appears and then you can interact with it with the switch on the joystick and you turn back. And and if you're using a throttle and joystick, your movements match perfectly with the in-game hands of the pilot. So it's very, very immersive. That sounds amazing. Have you got this one? Yes. It's, it's like it's, you're talking to us from the future, man. Future man. <laughs> <laughs> it is incredibly compelling. Like um, the difference when you're coming into a docking station and you're playing with a mouse and keyboard and you turn on the mouse look with the mouse and scroll it and your character looks up and you see through the top window and look at the interior of the station is completely different than having this immersive 3D sense of looking around you through the ship's cockpit as you're flying through a space station. It, the difference is night and day. Mm. What I would say is it's really good at seated experiences, by which I mean in Elite, you are a pilot sat in a chair. Yeah. In Project Cars, you are a driver sat in a car. <laughs> in roller coaster simulators, you are... Someone sat in a roller coaster. And by the way, that is amazing. I've got no limits, uh, which is um, roller coaster. <laughs> Sorry, I wish you just left it. At, I've got no limits and just stopped. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I mean, you go. <laughs> uh, no limits is a roller coaster simulator that allows you to build your own roller coasters. And people have made um, recreations of air oh, at Alton oh. Towers in it. And having ridden air and having ridden it in the Oculus, it's a really interesting experience. Um, because it, it, the, the sensation of motion is quite convincing. Yeah. It's not great for... Well, Team Fortress 2 is supported, for example. Oh, wow. And that's a really weird experience, because your mouse is controlling your, your cursor, where you will aim. Yeah. And your head is controlling where you will look, and they're not the same thing. Oh. <laughs> so it's like Goldeneye, in that you've got the look around and you've got the analog. Yeah, which you kind yeah. of you lean your gun towards, don't you? You sort yeah. of lean to it. Yeah, so I can actually sort of aim to my right and look to my left, uh, which is weird. But when you're moving, when the character is walking around and you're not, uh, that can really throw off your sense of balance and sense of uh, motion. And I'm looking forward to a lot of flight sims and driving games and not so much to... TIE Fighter, man. Oh, TIE Fighter would be amazing. Uh, The one that's really getting me going, actually, is uh, CCP, the guys who do EVE. Yeah. Oh, yeah. are making a dogfighter set in the EVE universe. Oh, that's a good oh, idea. That's so cool. And uh, it's it's just... it's If you've seen the new Battlestar Galactica, it's like Viper fights. Oh, wow. And yeah. indeed, one of the, the sort of lead character is voiced by Katie Sackhoff. <laughs> so, so you can just go, it's like Vipers, Katie's there, I'm, I'm done, this is it. Uh, Surgeon <laughs> Simulator works really well with it as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can imagine that, actually. Uh, the one thing that I think a lot of people might be surprised by, if they use the dev kit, I'm not sure how bad this is going to be on the commercial version. But if you've ever seen any sort of um, streams of someone using an Oculus Rift and you see what they see on screen, yeah, and it looks really, really detailed and really beautiful, mm. 
What you see in the headset is very different, uh, thanks to something called the screen door effect. Now, what this is, is, you know when you get really up close to a, a monitor, you can see the pixels? Yeah. And you can sort of see that they are a lattice. They, they don't touch each other. There is a line in between. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the way Oculus works is it's a flat screen, which it then uses lenses to warp into an arc. Uh, so your focal point is actually a stretch of the center of that screen, and it stretches it quite significantly to the point that right in front of you where your focal point is, the lattice of the pixels is really noticeable. Oh. Uh, so, And that is the screen door. Uh, it's like looking through a screen door mesh at the world. Now, the motion tracking gives you absolute immersion. Uh, it's still very convincing. Yeah. But say in Elite Dangerous, when you're looking at those screens around you, the, the fine text is quite hard to read because it becomes very pixelated. Uh, the actual version they're releasing next year, the commercial version, is significantly higher resolution than the dev kit. So that will be massively reduced. Hopefully. That's it's, it, but it sounds like they're well on their way, right? That sounds... oh, oh, God, yes. Oh, the tech is there. Yeah. No question. Um, the problem is uh, generating two different 3D points of view at the necessary resolution and at the necessary frame rate. Like, uh, one of the things we were talking about with um, Arkham Knight on the PC, it was locked to 30 frames a second. Oh. Uh, and that was the best it could manage. Uh, it didn't manage that. It managed three or four <laughs> a lot of the time. <sighs> For compelling sense of motion in an Oculus Rift, you need about 75 frames a second, which is higher than the 60 that most high-end machines can do, and you're rendering two different 3D scenes, at, admittedly half the resolution, but from two different points of view, so it has to do all the calculations twice. So you need a hell of a computer to generate that kind of frames per second. Uh, but, I mean, the tech is there. It is stunning. I first played with the Oculus Dev Kit 1 at Eurogamer like two years ago, and that was really good. This is so much better. So I can only imagine that the one they're releasing is... It's going to be the one they should release. Like, this shouldn't be commercial. People would look at it and go, oh, it's really, really grainy and pixely. I don't like it. But I think the one that's coming out next year is going to be the one. I think it's... As long as there is a market for the kind of games that it's good at. And there always will be, because flight simulators have always been a niche that people spend hundreds and hundreds of pounds on accessories for. Yeah. It's going to be pretty impressive. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, to the point that I've already resigned myself that I'm going to buy the commercial release as well when it comes out, probably, of either <laughs> this or Valve's one, which also looks really good. So basically, what you're saying is we've come a long way from the Virtual Boy. Oh, yes, which I have also <laughs> used. Uh, <laughs> this one has much less retinal scarring. Yes. Uh, I mean, it can still make you feel really ill. Yay! And, and <clears throat> playing Team Fortress 2 for a prolonged period of time will make you feel really queasy, especially if you're playing a scout. <laughs> oh! Playing as heavy, not so bad. Yeah. Uh, playing a scout is a problem. That would that would give me issues, I think. <laughs> but yes, that is you're you're right. That is something that is coming out. So worth talking about. What the Virtual Boy? Oh, the the, the Oculus. Oculus Rift. I, I got confused. I'm sorry. <laughs> I confused myself. Uh, 
Rob's gone to go and make water. Okay, cool. Um, what else has come out that people want to talk about? Well, we were we were about to talk about Fallout Four. We were. Uh, I was thinking we could leave that one because that's one we could really spend a lot of time on. Okay, cool. Uh, we'll but, leave Fallout Four, but I'm just going to put this out right now. Is it takes place in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts? Yeah, it does um, in Boston. It's specifically in Boston. So if you do not play an android, I will eat my face. Well, you don't. Or do you? Do you play an android with the programmed memories of a pre-war survivor? Ah, possibly. That yeah, would be interesting. See, I've already figured this shit out. Yeah, that would be interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, I mean, there's lots of games we can do as a sort of rundown before we get to something we're going to really dig into. Cool. Uh, oh, are we postponing Fallout 4 again? Uh, Shinway 3? Shinway 3 is a Kickstarter. It's been done, hasn't it? Yes. So it's happened. In, was it? It was in... In moments. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, someone just went... 30 minutes. Shit, and then it was done. So, yeah, that was that was an interesting one. Um, we'll know more, I suppose, once they start announcing that they've actually worked on it. Yeah. <laughs> Deus Ex Mankind Divided turned oh, up. Gorgeous. It looks gorgeous, but I'm a little bit wary about the development team uh, trademarking the phrase uh, mechanical apartheid. Oh. oh. Yeah. It was pointed out to them that that word might have more meaning than they're aware of. Or maybe they are aware and... And that's the concern. Yeah. (laughs) That is Squeenix. (laughs) Well, the thing is, if if they handle it maturely and well... I, I, if. I haven't seen anything... To, I, I hadn't actually realised. I, I really liked it. Like, yeah. Oh, I loved, I loved both. See, I loved I it. I, I, I reckon the game will be amazing. Yeah. I never played much uh, Human Revolution, and I played very, very little... Um, oh, what was the second one? Oh, the, Invisible uh, War. Invisible oh, War. Yeah, but yeah. I loved ASX. Human Revolution I, is really good. Yeah, I love Human Revolution. It's if cool. you get it after they patch the problem with the boss fights. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, oh, no, yeah. I play... I, tell you what, when I say I've played a little bit of Human Revolution, what I mean is I've played the boss fights. Oh. You Rowan played the wrong bit. Rowan gave me the controller and I did the boss fights for her. <laughs> it's funny because you can either win them incredibly easy if you've got the right equipment or the right skills. If you're a combat or, man. If you're or it's lucky. a fucking nightmare. Yeah. If you're, uh, yeah, if you don't have the right gear, like... If you're not built for combat, you mm. can't fight the bosses. Exactly. There's a new Doom. It looks yellow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't actually look at the new Doom. A lot of people have been complaining that, like, the new Doom looks, like, too violent, and it's, like, violence for violence's sake. And I'm like, it's Doom. Uh, yeah, but there's a difference between Doom and uh, Brutal Doom. Oh, uh, yes. You know, it's... Doom is cartoony. Doom is brightly coloured. Doom is fast-paced. Doom is... What they've released is another Doom 3, and Doom 3 was not Doom. Doom 3 was not good, either. No. It wasn't... It wasn't terrible, I guess, as FPS is going. It was removed from its former sort of flavour. No, I work with a guy who is very into Doom. Uh, he runs a Doom blog, he still makes Doom mods, and he, in fact, hosted a nice local gaming bar just this weekend to celebrate Doom. I was. Um, <laughs> and his response to the new Doom was, Doom and Doom 2 still exist, at least. Oh, That's what I say about the Star Wars trilogy. Yeah, 1 and 2 still still exist. No. <laughs> yep. No. <laughs> you still a fan of Menace and, you know, Attack of the Clones, dude. Oh, I just want to jump out of a window. 
There's a window. And not there. open it. <laughs> just Cause Three looks sillier than Just Cause yes, Two, so that will that will go well. Ever possible. It looks hilarious. I would love to play that game. Persona Four, Dancing All Night, and Persona Five. Hell's yes. Yeah. Um, Kingdom Hearts Three. They've announced that they're yeah. now working on it. Yep, that's going to happen. <laughs> there well, is the Last a- Guardian is going to happen. Yes, finally. Sorry, I. I, when I was watching the roundup of E3, and I just saw this bit, I was like, "Oh, that looks a bit. That looks a bit like Koei. That looks a bit, a bit Shadow of the Colossus." Yeah. As this kid jumped off a platform and landed on another platform, mm-hmm. and then I saw the Griffin or yeah. whatever it is. Whatever and, that thing is. And a little, a little bit of joy seeped out of me. Oh. And just no, no. In I a went good way. From where? No, yeah. No, in, no, in, no, in, in a good way. Like there was too much joy inside me, so a little bit actually managed to just. I was hoping to have that reaction at the Ubisoft press conference and they there was one moment I actually watched watched the conference and they sort of built me up and I thought it was going to happen because Ubisoft have been stringing along certain of their fans for years and towards the end of their conference in fact at the end of their conference after they'd announced four or five Tom Clancy based games (laughs) oh yes Rainbow 6.7 Rainbow Ultra Vegas. And the division, and yeah, yeah. Right at the end of the conference, they said, "Now, you know, one of the great things about E3 is we get to make fans really happy by sort of reaching back to our own past and finding franchises that were, you know, very special to people and reviving them, giving them a modern outing." And I'm just sat there, and my my little heart is going, Beyond and I'm expecting them to say, "Beyond Good and Evil Two, Beyond Good and Evil Two." And it was Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon. More <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tom Clancy than your and body has room for. They didn't mention Beyond Good and Evil. Yep. For another year in a row. The last we heard was two or three years ago when they said, no, no, we're, we're going to. Oh, it's going to Promise. Happen. Yeah. We promise. Keep, keep watching. But I, I think that Ubisoft are going to make it up to you by releasing the game South Park, The Fractured Butthole. Butthole. Get it? Yeah, butthole. It's funny. I've heard that the Stick of Truth is actually a really good RPG. It's the incredible. Stick of Truth is a, it's it's a, a really brilliant. good game. Yeah. Really I own game. it. I've not gotten around to playing it yet. It's so very, very I'm cool. looking forward to the new one. Uh, Mad Max. Yes, that looks oh, good. There's, there's a Mad well, Max. Yeah. Well, mm. oh. right. Oh. It's from yeah. the developers of Just Cause. So there's that. That's good. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Uh, they had to recast the American voice actor with someone who sounded vaguely Australian when the fans pointed out to them after their first release trailers, you do know Mad Max is Australian, right? Yeah. Did they pick Russell Crowe? No, no, just an unknown. Oh, um, no, 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 it's not. But yeah. all of the other characters are still American. <laughs> right, um, I realise this. And the plot is like a a sort of... It's another warlord with war boys yeah. in another stronghold. Yeah. But there is no Furiosa, there are no wives. This is just Max being a badass. So I'm like, as a game, it's probably fine. Oh, yeah. Uh, in comparison to Fury Road, nah. Well, no, obviously. I mean, do you mean <laughs> mediocre? Mediocre. <laughs> yes, that's what I expect it to be in terms of plot. For all references, please refer to our past episode. Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, wait. Ghosts. Ghosts. In fact, please um, just released it and call it Ghosts. I'm back there. Anyway, let's continue. I was hugely delighted, though. Mirror's Edge 2. Yes. Oh, my God. That looks awesome, man. <laughs> mm, no guns. 
That was no. that was a fantastic announcement because the Did gunplay in the first one was shit. Yes, it was. <laughs> is there still? I I only seen I only saw like a little snippet of that. Is there still combat in it though, or is it all? Yeah, just about it's all the weight? martial arts stuff. It's martial arts still. That's yeah. good. Awesome. Um, and there was a pretty badass um, because they always seem to do these well. The really cool cinematic trailers of the Old Republic. Of yes. Old the Republic. There's a yes, wicked new trailer. Uh, about these two, um, I don't really know what they are. They're, I think they're kind of. They might even be grey. They are. Jedi? It's it's yes. a new faction of Force users that are neither Jedi nor Sith. It's, it's sort of like a Revenite faction. Told. Yeah. Who? Right. Okay. The plot of the Old Republic up to this point is that there's been a massive war mm. between the Republic and the Empire, to the point that. They are both militarily exhausted. They have wiped each other out. And the very last bit of plot in... the Because the game's plot has been updating expansion by expansion as it's gone yeah, along. Yeah. Hmm. And the last bit was that each struck a blow to the other's heart. The Empire sacked Tython, the home of the Jedi Temple, mm-hmm. uh, at the same time as the Jedi attacked Korriban. Yeah. So they're both fucked and licking their wounds, uh, they've got no strength, and this this faction of Force users who obey neither law has risen and gone, now is the time. Yeah. And the Empire, and they, they preluded this in the last expansion with sort of an uneasy alliance between uh, Imperial Security and the Republic Security Services that you're going to be working together for yeah. your very survival. And it's a big step change for the game because they're saying you can now create a new character at level 60 which is the current level cap this is like I think World of Warcraft did it at one point yeah with, I think they do it with most expansions yeah. now when they, whenever they up the level cap or they just bring in like a, a small period of time where you can play and you get like quadruple XP experience which if you're a subscriber you can now get 12 times XP all the time wow um, from level 0 to 50 so you can get through like the classic game in a weekend, uh, and yeah, this is going to be a—it's their first sort of big plot update with cinematics, new characters, new companion characters. So this is—I I reckon this is going to win a lot of people back to the game. I'll certainly be going back to play through the new narrative at least once. I'll probably come join you. I would, uh, but you can blame the old Republic for, be, for me not finishing The Wicked and the Divine yet because it was the old Republic <laughs> that destroyed my computer. Uh, <laughs> admittedly, because my computer is frail and rubbish anyway, so I can't blame it fully. Um, but it is kind of eerie because I watched that trailer, about uh, the old Republic trailer, the latest one, uh, and I was, I was very... It was a very eerie experience because, um, as you know, Simon, I'm running Star Wars at the moment. Indeed. And... Things are kind of going that way in mine, and I knew nothing about this until the other day when I watched that trailer. So I was They're like, "Stealing your thoughts?" They are. They are stealing my thoughts uh, from way ahead of me, probably through development. Yeah. Never mind. Uh, but yeah, it's. I really liked it. It was very, very cool. And speaking of Star Wars, they also announced um, Battlefield Front. Battlefield. Battlefield Front. Yes, it's it's Battlefront. I mean, it's Battlefield. Battlefield Four. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's not Battlefront because you don't actually have space dog fighting. Um, every and time I hear space dog fighting, 
I know that there, there, there's dog fighting like between must be like uh, well aircraft. Yeah, uh, it's but- it's the same as the aircraft in Battlefield because this is just the Battlefield engine. It's a Star Wars mod. Yeah, and but there's no ship to ship combat. There's no flying your Tie Fighter into a. Uh, 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 a, a rebel ship and, and blowing it up. Yeah, the I, I, I agree. That's what I played Battlefront for. That's what I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna perfect the other stuff for this one and then save that for the inevitable sequel. With I mean, the understand this extra maps or whatever. I'm gonna buy it and I'm gonna yeah. play the shit out of it. Yeah, it looks I'm just gonna have a, a a a sad part of me that. Misses that space yeah. combat. We're gonna have, but it will happen. It will happen. I'm We're gonna have sure. a hell of a lot of fun. Let's play with that. When yes. It oh yeah. Uh, I can't wait to see because um, although there was something that um, uh, that made the hairs stand on the back of my neck, uh, but not in a good way. Like I realized, am I this pathetic? There's <laughs> the trailer where Vader shows up in on Hoth. Mm. Basically, you just set your first person. The screen is first person. You're a rebel soldier. You're running through the the trench. You know this trench they yeah, have yeah, on yeah. planet Hoth, and he's running. And there's a guy in front of him who just gets snapped up into the air all of a sudden, and is hanging there before he's broken. And then he looks around and he sees Vader, and he activates his lightsaber, and it's like, oh my god, all hope is lost. And then out <laughs> from out of nowhere. Luke Skywalker leaps into the fray and protects the rebel soldier from this, uh, from Vader. Only he's wearing his Return of the Jedi outfit and using his green lightsaber. And I'm like, what? What has happened here? (laughs) Well, I mean, it's full of stuff like that in the trailer because you've also got Boba um, appearing what must be canonically after he was eaten by the Sarlacc. So she totally escaped from, by the way. Well, that, that EU is no longer canon. Yeah. So, but it might be a new e, a new canon that he does. He's survive. alive, of course. He's alive. But, uh, there was yeah. <laughs> another blast from the past that I was not expecting and was delighted to see announced and hope is good. Yeah. Was Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Five? Oh, really? I did. Really? Yes. I missed that. Wait, wait. Oh. I I still lived at home when Four came out. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. There's been. Underground and Underground 2 since then, oh, which weren't great. Yeah. American Wasteland. And American Wasteland. But this is... Like ride. This is Pro Skater 5. It's wow. They're being very conscious in that naming, uh, saying this is a next-gen game with the, the sort of design principles of the Pro Skater games. Not Thug, not American Wasteland. Pro Skater. And I'm so excited. Well, I, I'm really looking forward to this and hoping it's going to be good. Can I can I be Bam Margera and bail into a wall? I was going to say, that's what I love doing in yeah. those games. <laughs> I just like can that. I be Spider-Man? I don't Dark know Man. yet. Yeah, uh, to be fair, I literally, I literally just Jesus. played Tony Hawk 2 and 3 for the soundtracks. That was it. Yeah, there was some good stuff. Oh music. man, what's yeah. the soundtrack going to be like? Yeah, good. Well, three, hopefully, Ooh. yeah. Three was like more madcap to markets than my body had room for, and I was okay with that. <laughs> I've not, I've not seen anything about this next game, but just from what you've just said, what's, there, what's, I'm, I am. What's the episode over? I'm going to go look what's rumored to be on the soundtrack. I'm sure it will be amazing. I reckon that title is overdue a uh, a nice injection of awesome. Yep. Speaking of which, Star Fox. Yeah, Star Fox coming back. Yeah. That was overdue an, an injection of awesome. That's awesome. Uh, Rise of the <laughs> Tomb Raider looks really good. 
Yeah. Uh, trying to think what else we've got. Uh, they did show a teaser for Mass Effect Andromeda. We now yes. have a name. Yeah. Let's talk all, about all that. All, all the rumours were true. Yes. Let's talk about it. The legends were true. The legends were true. Um, different uh, different galaxy, isn't it? Well, the Andromeda. Yep. Yeah, obviously. Um, but also that I'm guessing it's post three then in that case they've had to move to a different galaxy perhaps well it's entirely plausible right my pet theory yeah is going to be that um there was a core of people who believed shepherd and <laughs> realized that if uh the citadel wasn't acting to protect the universe against the reapers the Reapers might wipe out all life in this galaxy. It's a reasonable assumption. So we need to send a mission to another galaxy. So they might have dispatched this mission some point during the trilogy. Yeah. And it's arrived after. Because that's a really long way to go. Yeah, and, and that would be really cool because then it, it thrusts you in and you, you could be the, 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 the first people from our galaxy to step around Andromeda yeah, and exactly. everything will be brand new. Yep. And you're on this desperate mission like Interstellar to find a yes. new home yeah. for your people and you don't know what the fate of those people is. <gasps> it's Commander McConaughey. Oh my God, can you imagine if it was like a multi-choice? So we actually do have different endings this time where it's multi-choice <laughs> multi as to, you know, what planet you could tell uh, the rest of civilization to come to and then your own galaxy could form. I'm sending them to the Eggy Fart planet. <laughs> it's not even a single planet. Um, part of the gameplay is setting up colonies, plural. Oh. You're finding outposts um, and exploring the galaxy. We shall spread like vermin to the stars. <laughs> That's what we always do. Um, that's awesome because I didn't realize that was the case. So I just stated what I wanted and then Bioware just gave it to me. I know. It's like, yeah, right. We need to, we need to colonize. That's amazing. We've got, we've got this entire galaxy of planets we need to colonize. I will therefore make sure that all colonists are only provided with Barry White music for entertainment and then just wait. Okay. So what are you, uh, as we're, we're all Mass Effect fans here, aren't we? Irish, you like Mass Effect, right? Uh, okay, never mind. <laughs> I've played. I don't I've played, like joy. Okay, I've played, I've played the first one. Okay, that's good. And that's as far as I got. Oh, okay. Oh. oh, well, you should check them out, man. They're still really good. Yeah, I just, the, don't, own, I just don't own any of the others, so I've not been able to play anymore. <laughs> okay, fair enough. the The gameplay changes um, becomes slightly more action RPG ish uh, in two and three. Yeah. Uh, the inventory system is far less clunky. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, they, they deal with a lot of that sort of first game oh. issue. Yeah. Uh, but the, the plot is absolutely brilliant for 90% of the franchise. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm well aware of the Mass Effect 3 controversy, so. But the, it's it, not so it, much a controversy as an ending so bad that it will make you not want to play video games for several months. Oh. <laughs> I, I still think the rest of three was very strong, though. It was. It was amazing. That's why I said 90% of the franchise. Like, I'm, in, I'm including a massive amount of three in that, yeah. uh, right up until the last mission, yes. where Basically, you realise that nothing you did mattered, and that mission plays out exactly the same, regardless. I, I Which is a horrifying I like thing. all the plot parts of 3 that don't involve anyone under 3 feet tall. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't like the kid thing. I don't like the kid thing. It made no fucking sense. With well, that's because there's no kid. Don't worry about it. Oh, okay. But this, <laughs> this is what I was going to ask. Okay, so as fans, where do we stand on this? I would like to get your opinions individually here. All right. So we're all fans of Mass Effect, and as such, we love a lot of the supporting characters as well as Shepard. Okay. Correct. Uh, we're probably Shepard. more than Shepard. Fine. Um, we're probably not going to get Shepard. But what are your guys' opinions on cameos from? of people we know in in this new Mass Effect or do you want something that's a completely clean slate? Go. Clean slate uh, because this is in another galaxy. Uh, because I want it to be set up the way I did uh, earlier where it's dispatched during the trilogy uh, as a sort of parallel attempt to save the human race. Everyone we know was still there at the end of Mass Effect 3. Yeah. So... That's true, yeah. It's very hard to do that unless it's a, a copy of Edie is maybe the only thing you could do. Oh, yeah. Um, cool. I mean, I'd like to see some of the old races turn up. Yeah, that's a good I point. mean, there's nothing yeah. to say... And they, they are in the own. teaser. Yeah, like, they, there's nothing to say they wouldn't send their own colonial efforts or they might even be on, on your ship. Um, maybe a bit from the Citadel that all races, uh, all races of the Citadel have to go. Yeah. Perhaps. Send two of like every a, yeah, Or like a fellowship or something, you know? <laughs> Um, we need Krogans, we need uh, Solarians, we need Sorry. <laughs> yeah, we need it. It's a breeding effort. Send the Krogans. <laughs> leave the Krogans alone with the Solarians. All the Terrians. It's just like needing a breeding effort, so you send Krogans. Oh. Oh, oh God, no. <laughs> no, they can't. No, I know, yeah, so, exactly. Bloody pandas. Unless it is set after three, <laughs> in some cases, in which case they can and will. Yeah, a lot, a lot, and a lot, and a lot. Yeah, and then they start killing each other. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you might as well have like a Solarian queen, and there'll be eggs and just which would be awesome because we've not seen that. That's true. That is very true. Um, So yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff we can see. I I also clean slate, but I would like to just see some of the. Some of the species of Mass Effect, just simply because I love the lore that's been built up around. Oh, species, absolutely. I, I'm all for that. I want to take our friends with us. Yeah. But Small new friends. friends. Yeah. yeah. New Krogans. I'm of the same opinion. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure that you were going to say the same thing, but new, I thought it would be nice to drill. talk about it. Yeah. I want uh, to but also, also, wouldn't it be cool to have... Because what I loved about Mass Effect lore was... Um, reading all the data pads and you, you read about the first contact war where humans met Terrians for the first time and the atrocities and the horrible things that happened. And it's just a, such a rich backstory. Mm. What I love is the idea that you're, you're starting your own first contact story. Yeah. yeah. Um, don't fuck it don't up. Don't fuck it up. Yeah. We're going to be meeting new species and uh, that's going to be on us. Yes. And they, have, is... they have the capacity to be really alien. They're a brand new galaxy. They're mm. like completely bizarre and new and we're going to seem like invading psychopathic monsters to them yeah. because we're from quite possibly beyond the, the gap between galaxies and obviously it's perfect for a new because tri- I'm guessing they'll do another three I would imagine uh, so um, so it is per- it is perfect for another setup like game essentially this is like how it started um, this is you know everyone's motivations and things and off you go yeah and then the Reapers come back <laughs> do you reckon do you reckon, uh, do you reckon Kevin Sorbo would be in it uh, I don't think I know who that is. Hercules, also the guy from Andromeda. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I see what you did. Yeah. Jack? Yeah? I am disappointed. Disappointed. <laughs> disappointed. I love that man. He is, he is a treasure. <laughs> a national treasure. Thankfully, not of our nation. 
Nick Cage decides to steal him. Yeah. Uh, there's a new XCOM coming. Yeah, I saw. XCOM 2. Yeah. That's the resistance, right? No. No. XCOM 2. No, I mean, is it? Sorry, I didn't mean it's called the resistance. I just mean that it's like you're playing now. Ah, the yes. resistance effort, yeah. Oh, yes. yeah, we lost. That was Yeah, the we lose. So now we are a small mobile XCOM base infiltrating the alien society. Oh, which is so Which cool. is a, it's a great take on yeah. the XCOM games. Uh, procedurally generated, so the levels aren't just going to be cookie-cutter copies of each other. Oh, it's wow. going to be assembled from different set pieces, so the game will replay differently each time. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to this a lot. Oh, man. Well, the first one was incredible. It's just that feeling. I suppose it's like Mass Effect 3 in that regard, that when you find out you lose systems, or like in XCOM, you lose soldiers that you, uh, that you valued, and they had nicknames, and they, and they, you know, they had personalities. Exactly. And um, um, you discovered that like, your research centers or something across the other side of the world have been destroyed because instead you chose to save some other people elsewhere. Um, so if there's more things like that in the next one, then I will be very happy. You can't save everybody. You can't save everybody. Did I mention The Last Guardian? You yep. totally did. But yeah, we can talk came about up. it again. I don't know, I just wanted to mention that that's, that's coming out. We should all support the fact that that is coming out because if yes. we don't, I'm worried that it might go away again. <laughs> yeah. For another 10 <laughs> Forever years. Forever and ever. Um, also, um, I don't know if you. I don't think I've ever talked to you about this really. Are you, do you guys like Dark Souls at all? No. Nope. Oh, that's a shame. I really like Dark Souls, <laughs> so I'm looking forward to the third one. Yeah, they're making another one. They are. I thought they were like... Uh, it's not been that long since Bloodborne came out, has it? Uh, no, no, but Bloodborne is not Dark Souls. It's exactly the same as Dark Souls, but it's not Dark Souls. It's exactly the same as Dark Souls. You have guns. <laughs> that's the difference. <laughs> all right? I'm, uh, although, to be fair, I've not really played that one, but Dark Souls 2, eh, it was okay, but it wasn't anything on Dark Souls. Dark it Souls. looks like Dark Souls is going to get into that. Um, That's fairly different about it all, really. Yeah, it looks like it's <laughs> going to get into that Call of Duty Battlefield no, sort of annual no, release. Yeah, not, no, not the same kind of game, but annual release. They're doing um, new games very quickly oh, on the same premise. It, yeah. Um, I just the thing is, I mean, again, this is. I mean, I'm talking mainly about Dark Souls because that's my favorite. But it, I liked how difficult it was. I loved that uh, element of it. Like, like it was the challenge, and the it was terrifying. That, this is the thing I don't get: is that a lot of people say that the reason they like it is because it's really difficult. I've never. I like. I like some games that are difficult, but yeah. I don't like them because they're difficult. It's why I could never get on with uh, Ninja Gaiden. Oh god, that yeah, Ninja Gaiden, is like mental. it seems it seems that the entire selling point of Ninja Gaiden was it's really hard. I'm like okay, Ninja and- Gaiden and Dark Souls have a very similar issue for me, which is that you absolutely will die the first time you run into this. You might remember it the second time. Uh, and so you can't <laughs> I, actually this is my problem with Sonic. Right? <laughs> it's the same goddamn thing. When you look at a Mario game and as you're playing through a level, you can see what's coming, and by looking at it, you can anticipate how to likely solve it. <laughs> Sonic, you're going super fast, and unless you know to jump at this point, you will hit the spike trap and you will die. So you better remember that if you want to speedrun the level next time. And it's not about solving the puzzles by looking at them and working them out. It's about failing, remembering how you failed and correcting for that failure next time. Which does technically buy into the entire plot of Dark Souls. Okay, the, admittedly, yeah, de- um, death is a mechanic. Death is Souls. the thing that is like the, at the forefront of it all. Now, admittedly, I agree with you. Um, 
Although being a massive Sonic fan, retro Sonic fan anyway, um, I kind of like that because uh, um, it gives you, you a like lot Dark of replayability. Um, and with Dark Souls, I think, uh, I know you're not, uh, I mean, I can't speak for you on this, Jack, because you yeah. like quite a lot of fantasy, don't you? Whereas Simon, you're not so keen on fantasy. Am I right? No, but it is mechanically, it is the difference between rewarding um, anticipation of a puzzle and thinking your way through it as opposed to rewarding rep- repetition. You Trial just and error. You, you fail, you find out why you failed, you try again. Mm. And you're not to me, you're not solving it so much as you're repeatedly failing. Yeah, but I mean I, I think there are certain games that kind of uh uh, have always been like that. Like, what was the it was it Dragon, not Dragon Lance, um, Dragon Quest, where you've got to run through the castle and you've got to like Dragon's Lair, Dragon's Lair, Dragon's Lair. Thank you. Yes, and exactly, exactly. Where you, where you, where you run through like, and it's all animated, obviously, and then you've got to re- obviously remember to do certain things to get through. Yeah, but that's, that's how I kind of look yeah. at it as exactly um, the same thing applies. I hated that mechanic, especially okay. at the time when it was designed to rinse people of money because when you died, you needed to put in another quarter. <laughs> yeah, we and- need to go back to that episode where someone wrote in about <laughs> they did they did their, their uh, audio review of, it was of Mike a Irish Mike. Yeah, yeah, and it was. Brilliant! I love that. So of what? Sorry, it's an audio review. It was basically another bit of podcast review of uh, Dragon's Lair. Yeah, it was, oh, I was seconds. That a long time ago. Yeah, it was genius. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. I want to go back yeah, and listen. Funny. Wait, right, try and find out what the episode that was on because I want to go back and re-listen to that, and then we can also like then plug it on the next episode so people go and listen to Irish Mike again. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's that mechanic where you you extend the life of the game by sort of forcing repetitive death as a learning curve. Yeah. I've never liked. It's, That's fair it's, enough. Um, I mean, I liked it because of the, it, its its nature of not telling you anything, of it kind of gloating at you a little bit. Every character has the sickest sense of humour um, that you come across, and they won't help you at all. They're all horrible. And, I mean, I mean you can kill anyone who you come across, <laughs> but it's not helpful. Like, there was one time... <laughs> Such a I metaphor was, for life. Yeah, yeah, I was walking through this thing called... This place in Dark Souls 1 called the Tomb of the Giants. I thought, that's really cool. And there's all these skeletons of giants that have died long ago, and now it's just their skeletons that are animated and chasing you. However, when I first went through here, I didn't realise you need a specific item, which is a skull lantern. Otherwise, you have to navigate this labyrinth filled with these undead giant characters trying to murder you horribly, and you can't see until you work out that you have to go to a different area. It doesn't tell you at all. you just got to get the skull lantern, and then you can it's, see, and then you might survive. That's very like, reminiscent of old, like, NES games, like, like the original yeah, exactly. Zelda. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I like that it doesn't pander to you. It's not, it's not just drops here in the deep end and kind of gloats in the fact that it's continually killing you. I think, I think, <laughs> there's, something, I think there's something to be said for a game that doesn't handhold and does go right. Yes, let, let's that's just, what let's, I mean. Let's give people a real sense of overcoming the odds when they do beat something in this. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, admittedly, like I said, it, it's the, sale, the selling point of a game being it's really, really hard and you'll feel awesome when you beat it. Yeah. It doesn't really turn me onto it because I'll be like, well, I don't really want to fail all that much. I, I, I'm much more of a lazy instant gratification kind of player. <laughs> I mean, it's not just that for me, though. I mean, I do like the element, like, 
we just said that it's really difficult, obviously. But I mean, I, I like the the lore of the game. I like that it's like this really sinister gothic fantasy because I love fantasy like yeah, dragons and I, I, things like that. That's but, what you said for a game where there is no, like you know, there's no hope. Which no. sort of sums up. No. Dark Souls. You're already dead. Praise the sun. The thing is, I would I would much sun. prefer a game that is deeply challenging but rewards you for working out how to advance rather than trial and erroring your way. That it feels less of an accomplishment to me. But it's also it's also to have made every enough. mistake you could. So once you level up enough, you'll be able to defeat a certain thing. Or if you have certain items, you'll be able to defeat them. It's not. It's about exploring and seeing what works. Um, so in that sense, you do work things out. But I admit, yeah, in terms of um, in terms of the, you know uh, making a game seem longer because it's more difficult, I completely agree with you there. Uh, but obviously, this is something we just differ on, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. yeah, no, I have absolutely nothing against or, the, Dark Souls. Has its fans, yeah, yeah. rabid fans. Oh god, yeah, <laughs> and great. I, I'm glad that they are served by games that suit them. Yeah. Uh, I won't play them. Uh, I've got my games <laughs> that they probably wouldn't enjoy. Yeah, and like, yeah, absolutely. For example, you're also probably not going to play the Final Fantasy VII remake, Simon. Probably not. Let's talk yeah. about that. <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to talk about, though? No, you have to talk about it. Go. Okay, they're remaking Final Fantasy VII. Good that that's, that's, all that's, all we know. that's all we know at this point. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, that's uh, great. We know that they are <laughs> changing certain plot elements. Oh, 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 that sounds uh, like sacrilege. Well, it's not necessarily sacrilege. It's like, well, then why remake it? What, why they, if it's not going to be the same they've, they've confirmed that they're going to keep the comedy aspects of the game in so oh, you, will get, you will get to you know so I remember doubling when playing <laughs> although some bits were funny actually I'm struggling I'll take that back I'm struggling to remember most I'm, uh, did someone just fall over was that hay fever that's hay fever okay cool oh, uh, so yeah I'm like I, from what I've seen of the trailer it looks beyond stunning it, it's like advent children times a million oh, in terms wow. of how beautiful it's like have you seen that picture which was like uh, of the city where someone had done the original Final Fantasy VII picture, yeah. the tech demo for the PS3 v- uh, picture, yeah. and then the shot from this trailer, like the of progression. Midgard. Yeah, Midgard. Yeah. It's just like, Jesus oh. fucking Christ. I, I mean, having seen it as well, like Barrett's gun arm and it has all the oh. bits, Jesus coming up. It's not, it's not literally just a like the end of a chain gun jammed into an arm stump. Yeah. It has like <laughs> it has connectors. It has like you know rotor. You know, it's little bits of servos and stuff. It makes sense. Connectors and it, it looks like a prosthetic arm that happens to instead of ending in a hand ends in a gun. Like it's still it's still a gun arm. It's still silly and mm. whatnot. But so essentially, what you're telling me is that the graphics of 2018 or whenever this game actually gets released are better than the graphics of 1997. <laughs> I know, like, mind blowing, isn't it? Um, but yeah, basically, I'm just saying it, it looks really pretty. I mean, if if you're gonna remake it, I guess that's something you can do. So it's Square Enix. Here's the question: Are they gonna try and get it out in 2017 for the 20 year anniversary, or are they going to be honest and get it out in um, 2027? Uh, no, I, I was gonna. Split the difference for them and say 22 for the 25 year anniversary. Um, honestly, I reckon 20. I, I honestly don't think it'll ever see the light of day. 
<laughs> I, I really don't. I, I'm going to go on record as saying it now. And I, I, fair enough. now we know that games can do this. We were talking earlier about the PC version of Arkham Knight or um, Silent Hills. Like, games, oh, Silent Hills may come back. This is what I hope, because you you gave me that demo to play. And for those who are unaware, there, there was a demo for, for the latest... Or what was going to be the yeah, release of Silent Hills. Yeah, and it was incredible. It was like one of the scariest things I've played in a long time. Absolutely. Just a demo. Terrifying. Well, was not Silent Hill, though. I really didn't like it as a Silent Hill game. Oh, I thought you liked it. No, no, I love it as a horror game. Yeah, but that was only the beginning. You don't know. No, no, absolutely. But as a Silent Hill game, really left me with a bit of a sore taste. A bit sore taste. A sour taste. <laughs> a sour taste. Sore. Taste of sores. Wow. It, 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 it was sores. That tastes... Um, it was all... It was. I mean, I don't know. It was, a, it was a very different kind of fear to what Silent Hill was. Silent Hill is more like... It, Silent Hill doesn't really make you feel afraid so much as it makes you feel very, 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 very sad. And uncomfortable. And uncomfortable, yeah. and, and it makes you feel punished. Yeah. And I, I, these all seem like bad things, admittedly. But in, a, in, a, in the same way that, like, um... Uh, dis, uh, Simon, District 9. Yes. Would you say that was a good film? It's a phenomenal film. Yes. Would, did, would you say you felt, when you watched that film, you came out of it feeling punished? God, oh, yes. Oh, right. yeah, Same yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's, not, it's not a horror game, it's a harrowing game, is it's what Silent Hill is supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas the, the District uh, 9 is a perfect example of a film that I think it's, it's fantastic, it's beautiful. Everything about it was wonderfully crafted, but having seen it, I have struggled to ever watch it again. Yeah, same. It's, I think I've only watched it twice, once in the cinema, once. Yeah. On the Blu-ray, I, or I, I, I came out of the screening of that and just was like, yeah. I, I just, I just looked down at the ground and just said, "Well, what's the fucking point anymore?" Well, yeah, there's <laughs> plenty. Of, yeah, there's a lot of films like <laughs> who watched Schindler's List for fun, you know? Yeah, like, exactly, exactly. Right? It's the same thing. Like, PT is a really good scary horror game. Yeah, really good. <laughs> but it's not. It, it's it has missed the, the point of Silent Hill. Yeah. And that's that's fine if they want to go in a different direction, do something else. That's fine. That's fine. Right. It's not, I'm, I'm trying to get into the sense of going. It's okay. It's okay. To Silent Hill Two still exists. Yeah. And I'm not saying that to mean that Silent Hills is going to be bad. It's just like it, it's, the fact that Silent Hills is going to be very different to Two does not mean that Two doesn't exist. Yeah. And I'm trying to tell myself yeah. that. <laughs> you got to say that. You got to think to yourself that, that with a lot of different games. Absolutely, and it's, like, it's harder with some things than it is with others. Yeah, because, well, we, we have attachments to these kind of things, exactly. don't we? Um, like, take Metal Gear Solid, for instance. <laughs> that game, sorry, that, sorry, that, I hit you with a blind that, side that there. That sorry, be, man. That, that, one that, was slightly, that one might be slightly different, because I've gone over the in, in World War Stage 1 before how certain elements of Metal Gear Solid 5 have made me question oh, no, earlier Metal Gear Solid Yeah, games. I know. So I that know, has I retroactively know. ruined a franchise for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if, if, if Silent Hills does eventually come out and it make, and it brings up some horribly like ridiculously so, like suddenly I notice a whole bunch of racist shit in, in Silent Hills <laughs> for example as, as a, I'm not oh, saying God. this is a thing but like yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. That, that comes up and I go oh that's a bit weird I don't like this mm. and then I go wait a minute and it makes me realise there's a whole bunch of shit throughout the games that would be terrible yeah and luckily, that's not going to happen because I'm saying this right now. There ain't none of that shit in Silent Hills, or you know, there won't be. There better not be. <laughs> but Metal Gear Solid Five had some awful. Well, uh, uh, Phantom Pain uh, has some awful, awful, awful. Was it Phantom Pain or was it Ground Zeroes? Ground Zeroes, sorry. Um, 
kind of pays the next one. Uh, like it did have some awful things in it that maybe then question everything about early Metal Gear Solid games. Yeah. Um, and again, it's another demo. Yeah, but that, essentially, yeah, yeah, but there's a big difference between that. PT was free, free, yeah. Uh, whereas, whereas Ground Zero is cost the same as an actual game. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, which is, it's not, it's not crazy. It's offensive, is what it is. Yeah, well, Although, yeah. Luckily, yeah. I do now have it because it was free on PlayStation Plus. Oh, that's good. And I want to go through it. Yeah, I want to check. We were going to check it we're out. Gonna, we're we will do, do that soon. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, the Phantom Pain. Yeah. Uh, speaking yeah. of games that are going to be inevitable disappointments. Oh, um, No Man's Sky is still demoing. <laughs> oh, really? You think it's going to be a disappointment now? I've gone on record as saying it will either be massively delayed or not good. It is definitely going to be one of those things. Well, it's already massively delayed, isn't it? Yeah, so I'm right on at least one count. Okay. Um, it flood again. <laughs> no, no, it's still just the one flood. No, no, this time it flooded, but with fire. <laughs> I, I'm now starting to believe it will actually get released. There was a point where I thought it would be vaporware, but um, I know a couple of journalists who've actually played it now. Oh. Uh, not not a vast amount, and I've seen games that can hold up for 15 minutes but are still not good. SimCity. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Don't just, say that word. Just 15 minutes. Well, actually, it managed an hour. Oh, uh, it's okay. really interesting that the beta version was limited to an hour of gameplay and then you had to reset because that's about when the simulation starts to break down. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that's uh, too much. Yeah. So, um, No Man's Sky, I, I want it to be as good as they claim it is. Yeah, well, what's the problem then? If you've spoken to the people, you said you've spoken to people who have played it. Uh, yeah, and they are changing my mind. They're saying that what they've played is good. No, my problem oh, okay. is that it's making too much of a claim for too small of a development team. Uh, uh, they are tiny. Yes. Now, I know how much effort it took to get Elite out. I know how much effort it took it is taking to get Star Citizen out. And these are these big exploration, freeform galaxy games. And Hello are a much smaller team than either of those games had behind them. Mm. And they're claiming even more sort of diversity of ecosystem and simulated animal and plant life and diverse procedurally generated worlds and interesting conflict. And it's just making a lot of big, big promises. And I remember Spore. Oh, oh God. No, I remember Spore too. <laughs> uh. Procedural generation is a really interesting route for game development to go down, but oh, they get it, it right. is not the, the the solution to all of your content creation problems. Mm. Penises, that is the solution to all your problems. <laughs> Building giant sentient alien penises, that is the problem, well, that is the issue. Well, ha what they've said, uh, like from what I've watched of No Man's Sky, like they have a particular kind of equation, don't they, that, um, that forms like a random sequence of things when you discover a planet. So I suppose there could be a planet out there that has giant penis-like things on the surface just from probability, surely. <laughs> no, no, they're just going to, no. There, there's certain things where the probability just reaches zero. It oh. will eventually reach zero. It's like the opposite of that rule where everything will eventually reach one. Yeah. Oh. Like some things are indefinite. The definite yeah. is that there are no penis things. Like, some things are definite. Like, any, any man who has ever picked up a stud finder has pointed it at himself and said, beep. <laughs> <laughs> and then some things are definite, which is, we're not going to see giant penis monsters. Ah. Uh, oh, well. I hope we're not going to see giant penis monsters. 
We you say that, but it's procedurally generated. We're going to see giant penis monsters. God damn it. They'll be there. <laughs> They'll be waiting. So before we dive into Fallout, has anyone got anything else they wanted to cover from E3? Uh, oh. There was something I quite wanted to ask quickly from what you just mentioned. Star Citizen. Yes. What is this? Oh, it's Chris Roberts' latest game. He's the guy behind Wing Commander and Privateer. Oh, okay. Um, and all of that lot. Uh, he, at around the same time as Elite Dangerous started um, <laughs> kickstarting, he decided he want to uh, wanted to bring back his particular brand of um, free-roaming, space, dogfighty, combat-y, trade nonsense. So the competition from yeah. Gwen. And uh, Elite Dangerous is out and great. Star Citizen... Well, I, I did see that he'd put out another letter explaining the delays. Aww. Oh, um, so... <laughs> yeah, but it's a shame because it, it's always... I mean, it's easy to talk about things like Silent Hills and things like that. Big corporations that don't manage to get their mammoth titles off the ground. But when you hear that it's like someone that's obviously trying very hard to get it, like, to work through Kickstarter and oh, stuff. Yeah. Someone like, who's a lot of work in it's I, still sad. When, when, I, when I find out Hideo Kojima hasn't been able to get something done, I, I actively applaud because uh, fuck that guy um, but yeah yeah okay sorry I, I was mean, just so curious yes. I hadn't heard of it before but we can talk about this for was, uh, oh wait a minute I forget wait, wait where do you currently stand on Hitman I forget oh yeah uh, some of the Hitman games are fantastic that's where I stand on it cool. yes All right, yeah. I agree <laughs> what about so how do you feel about the announcement of Hitman and before you say anything I would say I'm getting really pissed off by games that are relaunching and are just calling themselves the first game. What, like yeah, Tomb Raider? The two, yeah, I was going like to say Tomb Raider. Raider to really hit, man. <laughs> like, oh, I really hate that Sonic so the Hedgehog. Oh, God. <laughs> Sonic, yeah, Sonic 06. Yeah. Just Sonic the Hedgehog. Like, no, it's yeah. not. Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, I really, I really, really, really... Star Wars Battlefront. It's like, it's Star not been that long since yeah. Battlefront came out, guys. Well, it's the, it's, it's, it's the preying on our um, nostalgia, just like things, and looping it back to Jurassic World, even, isn't it? It's, it's, just, it's, so it's a whole market annoying now. Annoying, and oh, I hate, I, that's my, I have a really big gripe with that. Mm. Anyway, uh, do you see much about the, the Hitman announcement? Uh, I haven't seen a huge amount. Um, it's still I.O., so it's still with, you know, the developers behind Codename 47 and Silent Assassin. So that's, that's great. Yeah, cool. Lovely. But it's, it's still with the developers of Kane and Lynch. Um, oh. So that's not great. They are litigious men, so we'll not say anything. But they, 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 did, they did more Hitman games before Kane and Lynch came out, I'm pretty sure. I think yes, they did. Money. But that's, yeah. my point is that if you look at their games on a timeline... Oh, yeah. No, I know. I'm not disputing that. <laughs> Codename 47 was great. Silent Assassin was great. Contracts and Blood Money were fun. Then they yes. did Kane and Lynch. Then they did Kane and Lynch 2. And then they did Hitman Absolution, which is not my favourite Hitman game. No, it's, it's not. I mean, there are elements to... The, there, there are some kind of mechanical things that they've uh, made a bit more fluid, which are fun and, and stuff. But I agree that it does lack the kind of sandboxy approach. They're kind of more mission-based, aren't what, they? What, yeah. was, what was the one with the rocket nuns? Oh God! Um, was that, that was in fact Absolution, I believe. Uh, oh what? I really? The, I thought it was the latest one. Oh yeah, actually. Oh, you mean the the, the nuns that are like assassins themselves? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was Absolution. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. So I'm, I'm going. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to wait and see with the new Hitman. Cool. Okay. I just wanted to double check because I was like, I know Simon has a view on Hitman, but I couldn't for the life of me remember what <laughs> I mean, team they're, they're all they're all good in the way when you when you decide, oh, I want to do this stealthily, or I just want to walk in there with uh, my silenced ballers. Or it's, it's, it's also worth. <laughs> well, 
was. Bollocks. It's what I haven't actually played Hitman since two. Two. Two is excellent. Two is perhaps the peak of the franchise. I I think think it was two anyway. I hid a gun inside a chicken and then took it to a big fat guy. Yeah, you can take it through. Yes, yeah. There was a party and people with ball gags on. That is indeed Silent Assassin. That is my favourite Hitman game. Awesome. Not necessarily for that reason and not necessarily (laughs) not for that reason. (laughs) We're not saying anything one way or the other. Anyway... They also announced a new Fallout. It was it was bound to happen. And, they they and accidentally announced it a little bit early. Yeah. Uh, whoops. But yeah, we were all expecting this one. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was only so long. But to be fair, uh, they did keep a lot of what was included in it secret, like the sense that you can now. Oh, I don't know. Have your own settlements in it and stuff, and yeah. hire people to do jobs for you and stuff. Oh my god, it looks so cool. What I will say is, I was absolutely expecting to see Fallout this year. Yeah. <laughs> what I was not expecting was to see a game that is out this year. Yes. Yeah. 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 That was that's crazy. That was a blind side. Yeah. Yes. Amazing. That was huge, and I was not expecting it to be this ambitious. Oh my yeah. god, it's huge. Trees. Yeah. <laughs> Trees. Uh, I, yeah, I, okay. I don't know where we're going with that. No, they, they, they've based the Fallout 4 engine on the Skyrim engine, so it was perhaps more work to take the trees out than to just leave them there. Fair point. Um, but I think, you know what got me right from the, from the get-go was the fact that I heard the, 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 the same Inkspot's riff that is in every single Inkspot song. Mm. Yep. The, the aforementioned dun 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 had maybe because they couldn't get they the rights. Couldn't get, they couldn't well, get I the rights to I, I don't want to set the world on fire because yeah. that's what they wanted. And then Fallout 3 had I don't want to set the world on fire because it's the perfect fit for it. And I was like, oh man, because they started um, singing and I realised it wasn't I don't want to set the world on fire. I was like, oh, that was a really good, chilling. It's the perfect song, for perfect. It, admittedly. But then I realised which Inkspot song it is. Yeah. It's all over but the crying. Yeah, it's nasty. I'm like, oh, nasty, nasty, nasty. Because that's the thing. They always wanted I Don't Want to Set the World on Fire. Then they got it. Then they used it. Now they've moved on. And they've realised that if you're going to, like, based on what we've seen from the trailer. (laughs) I can't believe we're griping about this. No, I'm not griping. (laughs) No, no, no. I know you're not. And the thing is, like, it's from all the trailer, the pre-war stuff. Yeah. And it's that horrible sense of inevitability of the the, the bombs dropping, of, like, everything's dying and seeing all the explosions happening. And you've got that phrase, it's all over, but the crying. Yeah. And it's like, holy shit, that's sinister and beautiful and horrible. And well, I, I love that they're, they're taking the view of this one like with the others. I, I can't speak too conclusively about the first two because I don't remember them that well because it's been a long time since I played them. But I definitely remember in three, this is a world that you're born into. It's all you know. Whereas I think it's much, much worse that you are someone who experiences the end of the world and then has to carry on. Yeah. It's an like, interesting well, one because the the timeline between the bombs dropping and the vaults opening is 200 years. Yeah. There, there or thereabouts. Yeah. So there's either going to be some sort of you're an android aspect to this, as Jack pointed yeah. out, or some sort of... Um, cryostasis. Cryostasis, yeah. Some sort of freezing. Because... 
Maybe that's yep. this vault's um, experiment. Was the, exactly. Instead of keeping people there to, to interbreed and, and whatnot and create a new society and then unleash that up on the world, it just, the, the vault just froze everyone. Vault and just like, maybe long enough to, to outlive the fallout. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they have confirmed the fact of you are the sole survivor. Yes, of Vault 111. Yeah. What happened? That's going to be an excellent beginning. Yeah. First, first thing I did, but I saw 101. I need to go and vault. I need to go and find out what 101 was in terms of the the, the social experiment. And it's not listed. It is just Vault 101 is Vault 1 from Fallout 4. Yeah. 3. 3. Four. Oh no! What's the what's the one one one? One one one. Sorry. Four, oh yes, no. and it's been released on was it first of November? Yeah, yeah. Which is nice because they, they yeah they like November. They keep saying uh, with every release they always say we began work on this the moment we finished Fallout Three, which means that they are they must be through production of uh, the next Elder Scrolls game as well, which is exciting. Well. That's the thing is that they, I, think, I believe Fallout 4 started during production during production of Fallout 3 based on what I've seen like a lot of the, yeah, a lot, yeah. not, not not like the game itself but a lot of the elements to it were being produced around about the same time that Fallout 3 was being finished mm. so it's been going a long 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 time um, and then you had New Vegas in the, in the meantime which was I forget a different developer yeah that was they were taken by Obsidian weren't yeah. they just yep. like uh, Nights of Revenants of Black Isle. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it was, that was a great game as well. Like, a lot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but this is probably going to be a lot closer. I think this is going to be a lot closer to Fallout 3 than it's New Vegas in that it's going to be much more of an urban sprawl. It's going to be a lot yeah. more buildings. It's going to be less of a wasteland feel to it. But something that I love that they've done, uh, and this might be jumping the gun in terms of us discussing the content in this game, but the fact that in all of the Fallout games, you always came across all this kind of weird miscellaneous shit just lying around, like decks of cards, weird uh, toy cars, that kind of thing. In this game, everything you pick up, you can use for something. Yes, that all matters. You can yeah. scavenge everything. Yeah. And it has, a, it has a purpose. Have you seen the weapon customization? Yes. yes. Like, this oh is my exactly God. what I was leaning towards. Scatter like, Oh my oh, God. The two like, things, the two things that came out of the laser. truck. The two things that came out of the trailer that I wanted, or I was like meeting wishlist for Adam at work, was one, I want to be able to build my own weapons from scratch. Yeah. Yep. And two, was to build my own fucking power armor. Yep, yes. you can. You oh can do both God. of those things and your own home to keep it in and your own yeah. trade caravan network between your own villages. With your own defense grid against super mutants and raiders and stuff. One but- of the bits that made me lose it was when you were... Uh, Activate your power armor. It's all like Iron Man Two with the suit, with the suitcase armor. Yeah. I was like, I was like, holy shit, yes. You know, you know what I liked about the, the weapon customization trailer was like, it, first of all, it goes through like super fast motion of like laser rifle, then it's like laser sniper rifle, then it's focused laser sniper rifle, then it's uh, scatter shot laser rifle, then yeah. it's like plus this, 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 and then it goes through like there's like hundreds and hundreds of variations that it goes through really quickly and then the next it's like baseball bat baseball and then bat. baseball bat with a nail in it and then the guy's like yeah and then, and then it came up with the serrated edges and then they and then it goes on one more and then it goes back to the serrated yeah. edges <laughs> it's like <laughs> someone's got no actually I do yeah. want serrated edges baseball, on my baseball bat I want a baseball bat, bat with two buzzsaw plays yeah. at the end <laughs> and a nail in it and a nail in it by the way fun easter egg uh, just to go back so we mentioned 101 yeah. was the vault from 3 and this is one. One one. Yeah. yeah. Do you know why those are the numbers? No. Because there are ten in the. No, no, gone. 
Fallout 3, what number game is it in the Fallout franchise? It is the fourth, if you include... Oh, wait, oh, fifth, I get... Oh, hang on. One, it is the fifth. You're yeah, right. One, two, uh, Tactics, Brotherhood oh. of Steel, three. Okay. New Vegas, uh, four. Fallout... Uh, no, uh, it's Tactics is three, Brotherhood of Steel is four. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry, yes, Brotherhood of Steel. And then Fallout 3 comes along yeah, as and five. You, and then you've got New Vegas. Five in binary is 101. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> then you've got New Vegas. Then you've got Fallout 4, which yep. is actually the seventh game, which in binary is 111. That is the nerdiest shit ever, and I'm going to give you a wedgie through the internet, Simon, you fucking nerd. <laughs> there. Wow. Oh, but you can't help but love that. that they that can't do that joke again, though. Ever. <laughs> no, because they'd have to go into four digits. And there are... how many? Do, do we know a finite number of volts there were? Never seen one with more than three digits. Uh, Never seen one, no. But it's they might exist, mild. admittedly. But there's there's nothing to say that they, they have to. I mean, like, for example, Vault 13 mm. was Vault 13. It wasn't Vault 013. Thank you very much. Yes. So there, it doesn't necessarily have to be a finite three-digit number of volts. There doesn't have to be 999. No, indeed. The next game could be Vault 8 as the eighth game. If uh, they wanted yeah. to do it that way. That's one of the things. Oh, or Vault Zero? Vault Zero. That, was, that technically existed. The Proto Vault. That, that was the Masters. Oh! Ah! Was that Proto Vault or was that Vault One? No, it was a. It wasn't a numbered vault. It was just. Oh. It was just the vault. Yes. Yeah. And then you had the Necropolis and whatnot. That was the vault that didn't shut properly. Oh, the vault yeah. City. Yeah. Man, we love Fallout. It's such a wonderful game, isn't it? Like, it's a good universe. I, I forget who it was. I think it was Alex who was playing through it recently who yeah. came across uh, a vault that he'd never seen before, and it was the vault where they'd been left with a cloning machine. Oh, oh Gary! Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Gary! And I was like, I'm just trying to explain that to people, where it's just like, yeah, it's a vault with a cloning machine in it, so when you find it, there's no one there except multiple clones of one man called Gary and everyone laughs and I go yeah that's pretty funny and like he's gotten so crazy to the point that he can just say his own name and they laugh and I go yeah that's pretty funny what isn't funny is going in through the door oh my god into a dark dark hallway because all the lights are sputtering and it's <laughs> rusted as shit and you can't you can only see about 10 feet down the corridor and off in the distance you just hear the sound of a metal pipe clanging against a bar somewhere. It's going clang and then echoing down the hallway. And you just hear, <laughs> Gary! And suddenly it stops being funny! And then everyone wants to fight you. Yeah. And when I say everyone, I do mean one. <laughs> everyone. <laughs> it's that one guy that just comes running out. Him. And you just turn a corner and it comes running out of the, the darkness at you going, Gary! Like, oh God! Matt from work's never met, never, never found that vault. Uh, oh, it's, oh, I, I, I envy it. Found, he only found about it recently when he was listening to the Giant Bomb podcast and they were talking about it. Uh, and he was like, what? Yeah. What? And I was like, and I said to him, you, you never found the Gary bot? And he was like, no. I was like, oh my God. You well, saved the individual. This is the joy of Bethesda games, you know. I was playing Skyrim for ages and we're still coming across things that I'd never oh, seen. Oh, yeah. You know, I can go back there, I can guarantee I'd probably find I just, something I just Gary, So Gary would be like the easiest fucking cosplay to do ever. Because you just make the jumpsuit, <laughs> right? And then you just have a whole bunch of name badges that say Gary 23, Gary, Gary 2, Gary 207, <laughs> etc. 
And you just, you just change the age bad. Yeah. That's, Bit of blood here and there. Yeah. yeah. That, that's also one of the things I'm looking forward to is what weird and fucked up vaults Bethesda have done this time round. Oh, oh yeah. you know they're going to be bad. This is I 18, would, isn't it? I would love to find a, just a unopened vault. Oh, and just people in there? Yeah, you are think, the first contact. I think we've now reached the point, though, that vault, the, what's it called, vaults have now all opened. Yeah, well, you've gone past the point where the, their designated waiting time or something, yeah, isn't I it? Think, yeah, I think, is it Vault 101 from Fallout 3 is the, is the control, where the... Uh, it's the, one of the control vaults. No, no, 101 was the, where the social experiment was that it was de- uh, never designed to open. Is that right? 101 I, is the... I think so, so everything else was open. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's why you're still sealed away down there and oh. like start off in a vault um, because that was the one vault that was basically the design was it was never meant to open, like it was never meant to automatically open. It can be opened. No. Yeah, um, it's like the opposite of Necropolis where <laughs> it didn't close. It, it never closed, um, but it never it never opened enough that it, like they all died from uh, the explosion, mm. but they did all slowly like become horribly horrific monsters. Whereas Vault One Hundred One was a Let's see what happens when you have a small population over an indefinite time span. Yeah. And then there was the one... I mean, just thinking of other vaults and stuff like that, there was the... Uh, oh, I'm trying to think now. There was a vault where they just periodically pumped hallucinogenic chemicals into the atmosphere. Yeah. There was the one where all of the entertainment was replaced by one really, really bad uh, stand-up comedian's DVD. <laughs> there, there was, was the, <laughs> the one with the uh, sacrificial... Oh! Uh, from is that from New Vegas? New Vegas, yeah. Yeah, where it, they're told that every couple of months, I think it is, they have to send someone down into the depths of the vault, and that person oh, is yeah. never seen again. Yeah. And if you go through it and survive, they, then the computer says, "Well done, you've managed to successfully uh, pass the test and have not sacrificed anyone, and you are free to go." But the whole way through, you found out that they basically all just killed each other off, so there was no one left. Mm. And if they don't, it was coming down to like the last five guys, and then they all and shot, they all, they all shot they each other or something. Yeah, and then, they, then the last guy took himself out. Yeah, and then it just turns out that they could have left at any time if they just hadn't killed anyone. Yeah, horrible. There's the one that was just—it was a normal vault, but uh, there was no locks on any of the um, the gun cabinets. Oh God! Uh, there was uh, the the one... form dispenser broke down on day one. Mm. There was the one where... Um, one lady, many men. Oh, yeah, the, the one lady of, like, 100 guys. And the vice versa. Yeah. Uh, there was a vault where the population was colour-coded into two groups, red and blue, and the populace oh, man, was, was pre-selected for a disposition towards paranoia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was the, that the vault that had 2,000 people uh, in it, in a vault designed to support 1,000. Ooh. There was uh, a vault that was one man and a box of sock puppets. That one was invented by Penny Arcade. Yep. This has now become canon. Yep. <laughs> Amazing. There are some brilliant, brilliant vaults out there. Do you guys know, because uh, I, I was racking my brains and I don't I don't think I know, uh, Fallout 3, yep. do we know how long that was um, since the bombs dropped? I don't think we do because, like I said, because it's set in a very different part of the world to Fallout One and Two. Yeah, um, we can't really draw a lot of parallels from there because you you can't draw sort of like timelines from the Master and all his mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but also because Vault One Hundred One's whole point was that it wasn't 
supposed to uh, be opened, we can't tell. All we know is it's after the other vaults have opened. You yeah. can find out if you go through certain bits revolving around uh, Elder Lions and his lot from Fallout yeah, 3. If, if, you talk, if you talk to the ghouls as well, because they were obviously yeah. around. When oh yeah, of course, yeah. Um, it's part of why I freaking it's love at it. least It's at least 200 years. Yeah, that's the whole thing. I love ghouls so much, like an unholy amount. Um, speaking of speaking of Fallout Three, I finally managed to get past that glitch in my game. Hey, well yeah, done. that's like, oh, shit. Yeah, I forget the last two achievements to finish the game. I'd almost forgotten the the. I'd almost forgotten the most important vault to mention in terms of social experiments. Vault thirteen. <laughs> the, the vault from Fallout One. Yeah, where yeah. the social experiment was, nothing was wrong with it. It's a, it was a control vault, wasn't it? Well, it, yeah, that was the thing is, it was a control vault. There was absolutely nothing wrong with it. But the water chip breaks. Yeah. Necessitating all of Fallout 1. And then it turns out in Fallout 2 that you go back in time and break the water chip. So whether whether that's canon or not, I don't know. But the idea that Fallout 1 happens well, because Fallout 2 happens, <laughs> Fallout 2 happens because Fallout 1 happens... Oh my god. Yeah, exactly. And let's look forward to some weird wasteland. Well, weird wasteland only came into it in New Vegas, so we'll see. I'm hoping they're going to do it again, though. There's a, there's a, there's a perk weird, that I... When I say weird, weird wasteland, though, I do mean just the random stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. There, is, there, is a perk, there is a perk missing since Fallout 1, I think, that I've always wanted to see come back, and that's Night Person. What's that? Night Person is you get a whole bunch of um, additions to your stats during the night. Oh, no, that was in Fallout 3. That's Fallout 3. Yeah, that's oh, okay. And then yeah. you get a load of negatives the pit, during the day. The Pip Boy picture was him as Dracula. Yeah, as a vampire. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew that was in Fallout 1. I didn't realise that was in 3 yeah, as well. Yeah, 3 in New Vegas. Yeah. And, um... Uh, I don't know, what was I going to say? Yes, the Weird Wasteland was... Uh, it was sort of on by default in Fallout 3 is the point. Yes. Yeah. In New Vegas, Weird Wasteland was a way to opt in to that kind of stuff I've or have a more serious experience. I've like, never played New really. Vegas without the Weird Wasteland on. Yeah, me neither. It's, it's the best one to have. Yeah. Especially when you start getting, when you do the DLCs, they put loads of shit in that. It's like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Because, yeah. like, Fallout 2 had its bunch of weirds. So, like, you can play a Fallout serious game because it's got enough gritty, horrible things in it, but. I will always remember Fallout 2 for having the bridge keeper from uh, Monty Python's Holy Grail. <laughs> yes. um, what is your name? Uh, yeah. What is your name? What is your quest? Uh, what is the prerequisite for the uh, diehard uh, uh, the, the diehard perk? And you're like, do you mean attribute or skill? And then he explodes. Um, <laughs> I, I love that. that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that. And then he dies, and then you can take his cloak, and it's got like a whole shitload of resistances to everything. Oh, yeah. um, and then you've got like the the, the crashed UFO. Mm. With a framed, uh, a framed painting of Elvis painted on black velvet, and let's not forget the uh, police public call box. Oh, indeed, that yep. appears uh, within the wasteland as well. Yeah, there's some really cool little bits and, and nods and Easter eggs and things like that in in the Fallout games. And Weird Wasteland is a really nice little hark back to those. There's a few Lucas ones in New Vegas, isn't there? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so for example, there's the. Uh, horribly charred remains of uh, the couple. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The oh. aunt and uncle. There's um, a skeleton in a fridge. There is a skeleton in the fridge. Hanging yeah. out of a fridge, shattered beyond repair. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you can take his hat. And you can it's take a his mighty hat. fine hat. <laughs> no whip, though. I can't imagine how a whip would work in 
They did it in Morrowind. <laughs> Is there a whip in Morrowind? There's everything in there's, Morrowind. Uh, that's that's modded in. Uh, oh, actually, that's a good point, actually. It's worth pointing out that um, when they announced that Fallout 4 was coming out, they announced that Fallout 4 was coming out with mod support. For the Xbox. Yeah, they're, they're, they're very happy yes. to do that. Like, they, there's so many different um, like internet ones, shows sure. based on just modding Bethesda games. You know? Yeah. Uh, because... Let's, 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 let's just hope that, you know, we get some better mods than we got with Skyrim. Oh, there's some good ones in Skyrim. There are some good ones, but do you know what the number one most downloaded mod for Skyrim is? Exploding chickens? No. Oh. Realistic horse vaginas. Oh. What? Not number one. Was, was on, uh, fucking, what's it called? Uh, Elder Scrolls Nexus. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You should go on the Steam Workshop sure and stuff. if that was actually the most downloaded or just the most downloaded in the category you were looking at <laughs> uh, textures and whatnot mm. yeah and adult content i don't think they have a separate section for that they they do have a filter and you clearly had it on Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> there's some really good ones for skyrim as well like um there's the one that just doesn't... You don't have any shout cooldown. So oh. you just go, Fish Rudda, Fish Rudda, Fish Rudda, Fish Rudda. And literally the world just breaks before Cause, you. Because mods can uh, be a terrible, terrible world. It's all where we also found out about the, the Dragon Age mods being, uh, yeah, lighter-skinned Isabella and... Oh, God, yeah. Uh, and changing Aveline's facial structure and stuff. Mm, yeah. Not good. Which I believe was also... That was, that was Dragon Age Nexus. Oh, Basically, what I'm saying is Nexus is a, a hive of scum and villainy. Oh, yeah, yeah. It depends who you're going after, really. like, getting stuff from. Everyone. Well, I mean, they has... don't curate it so no, much no, no. as That's... just allow people downloading it to dictate what's popular. Exactly. But this is the, I'm not saying it's their fault. I'm just saying there's, there's terrible people. Although it is their fault. I mean, Nexus Mods is, is a pretty terrible place. <laughs> there are terrible people there. Yeah. If I had the notion, I'd probably see how fast I could get across one side of the map to the other using the whirlwind sprint. Oh yeah, it's a pretty big map, so yeah, that's a good idea. That guess. <laughs> I don't know what you just did. That's why he shouts for whirlwind sprint. Oh, okay. Oh, I guess. The is the bit where he moves. Now you are. <laughs> I am. I, if anything, I'm an old scrolls nerd. I'm happy. To, I'm happy. I wear that proudly. I wear it like armor. Nothing can hurt me. Wow, that was like a, an apocalyptic impact. That was. That was pretty good. Did actually hurt as well. And we're talking about the apocalypse. Yeah. No, it didn't hurt. <laughs> yeah. Just like the apocalypse, didn't feel a thing. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So Fallout Four is coming out. And oh my god, it looks excellent. I'm it does. It looks huge. Uh, the fact that you can tear down anything in the wasteland, scavenge it for parts, and rebuild yeah. it into whole new towns. I am going is... to build a settlement out of Brahmin. We can have your own Brahmin trade lines and things. No, building houses out of Brahmin. Wow. Stapling them together. Well, you can <laughs> skin them. You can have skinned Brahmin tents, for example. Oh, like you can have skinned Brahmin on your caravan. Oh, just just, like, oh God, skin. Oh, God. That, that will turn away the bandits. They'll be like, yeah. let's go and rage. Oh, fuck. Actually, no. Let's get yeah, no. No, <laughs> you say that. I think there was something in there where there are, like, incentives not to go into your camp, like putting things outside, like skulls. Kind, and of, kind of like, uh, oh, the island where you can put effigies up of, like, body parts yes. and stuff yeah, to like keep that. people away. Yeah, which I think so. 
awesome idea. I'm just going to let all the ghouls into my into my settlements. I'll keep raiders away. Ah, uh, yeah, and it'll be a point of controversy because some people don't like ghouls. Do that's they? fine. They can leave. Yeah, I'm going to set up like a ghoul society. It's just like what you do in the Elder Scrolls, though. You just go about saving Argonian slaves, don't yeah, you? which I, is a like a like a, a wonderful. It's a thing good thing to do. To do but I'm going to yeah. set up my. I'm going to set up a ghoul nation. Boston will become the fucking ghoul capital of the world. Now the thing is, Boston. Okay, this is this is the thing. I love the crafting. I love the ability to build your own cities. I love the ability to set up your own defense networks and have your sort of tower defense game inside Fallout. Yeah, yeah. I love the fact it's going to be a Fallout game where you're a lone wanderer in power armor romping through the wasteland. Nothing excites me more than the fact that we are going to be in the hometown of the Institute. Yeah. The Commonwealth! Oh, yeah, man. Because... Fallout 3 set an interesting tone for the sort of East Coast uh, Brotherhood. Yeah. They're not as grim and oppressive as the West Coast Brotherhood. But the Brotherhood and the Institute are either in massive cahoots or absolutely in conflict. And I don't know which, and it's going to be really fun to find out. Mm. Mm. By the way, from what I gathered from Fallout 3... Uh, the Commonwealth is a shining utopia, isn't it? Um, well, more so than <laughs> the, the wasteland of DC. Yes. Yeah. In that it has clean water, it has electricity mm. for the most part. Because it has the Institute, which is the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, I mean, I probably should have put that together, but... Well, this is interesting, because if it does happen after Fallout 3, just thinking about it, the whole point of Fallout 3 is to complete the device that creates uh, fresh water, purified water. So will that have affected the wasteland now that this Not is something that can happen? really. I mean, Boston's um, quite far from, from DC. Oh, yeah, no, it I know. It will have affected things but... in DC. Yeah. But that's quite a long way away. Although there may be DLC where you go to, to DC. Oh, Possibly. DC, where you go to DLD, 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 The DC DLC? Yes, the DLC. I mean, I'd like to quite, I'd actually quite like to see that, actually. You see some areas of Fallout 3 rendered in Fallout 4. Well, we begged it for Skyrim with Morrowind, and it didn't happen, unfortunately, even though the place was there. Yeah, Vardenfell. Yeah, it was over there. That's all right, we can play Skywind. Go and play Skywind, I suppose, yeah. But, I mean, they are, like, nearly 500 miles apart. So, yeah. short of that DLC, yeah. the effects on Washington are probably not going to have a huge effect on Boston. Yeah. Um, and I believe... Uh, was to be fair, I don't want purified water in the wasteland. I want my wasteland without hope, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure the Institute and Fenway Park are going to be more akin to Vegas in New Vegas. Yeah, the yeah. whole area isn't going to be a shining utopia, but there is going to be an incredibly well-defended and insular society. Yes, yeah. absolutely. We have robots. There. So, yeah, there's always sealed away the everyone else. One of the areas is designed around the baseball stadium, isn't it? So Yeah, Fenway Park. Diamond yeah. City. Oh, that's cool. And like any great civilization, will meet its end at some point. I'm just, like, you know what? I, I am literally just going to... I think I have my goal for this game, which is literally just... Set up a ghoul first society in Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> this will be the return of my character, Delicate Jim. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that name for a Fallout character. Uh, what? He, will, he was an expert, uh, uh, unarmed, 
right. um, melee and explosives. <laughs> like, he was a very blunt individual. Um, what was his intelligence like? Um, he didn't need it. <laughs> so he, didn't, he, was, he was too busy smashing for it's intelligence. Like, he's much like my Kenshiro, then. Yeah, I was going to say, he's like Kane. <laughs> like, yeah, he, he, he was happy just to, you know, punch his way through most things. It was great. I think my Fallout 3 character, I played a lot more sensibly. Yeah, me was, too. Me he too. Was, he was small guns, he was intelligence and yeah. fixing things and that sort of stuff. My Fallout New Vegas character was strength 10, intelligence 1, <laughs> yeah. uh, Kane, and he just wandered around going, uh, and thudding things and occasionally flinging dynamite at people. Oh, the dynamite. You used, used golden boxing gloves. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you, sleep. and you got all those special kind of um, special moves in bats in yeah. uh, New Vegas, yeah. you? Like home run with a baseball bat and stuff. And um, Four. Yeah, something like that, wasn't it? Oh. Yeah. I, I, I quite like New Vegas, but I never played enough of it. I don't know what happens in New Vegas because oh, I've never gotten out of it. I love the like multiple endings as yeah. well. For, like, is, the it, is, it the, is it the Mojave you're in? Um, uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 I, and, I never um, really got that far. I think I found the prison and then I stopped playing. There's a there's a rogue computer called Mr. Uh, the Yes Man. Uh, the Yes Man, that's right. And he's my favourite to slide with other than... Yeah, I was going to say, who would, out of the four endings... Which one would you prefer? Kaiser's Legion or, um, I might, or him? I might go um, through it as play a proper evil fuck and just join the I'm Legion. always evil in Fallout. This is the weird thing. I'm always evil and I don't know why. Like, I think it's I like just, survivor's instinct. I just want to kill everything in my way just to make sure I survive. I don't I'm, know. I'm always a nice guy to a fault, especially where ghouls are concerned. Uh, see, I, would, yeah, I can't help myself. Yeah. I don't yeah, like anyone. I want to just settle down with my ghoul wife and just... Ghouls yeah. reminded my character of a world he was trying his best to forget. <laughs> delicate, <laughs> delicate Jim. <laughs> yeah, delicate because he couldn't handle, like, emotions and things. <laughs> Hard design in combat, but, you know, Del- talk about his feelings and he's done. Uh, I delicate Jim. I love that name. <laughs> What's your thoughts on the words that they have some multiplayer aspects to it? Wait They're and see. Up. What's that? They're not doing multiplayer, are they? they uh, after the conference, they um, one of the guys tweeted about there'll be some level of multiplayer to it. Is it where one person plays the dog? <laughs> <laughs> if you ask me, like I've always I've always liked the idea of cooperative play with things like Skyrim and Fallout because. You know, it is a role-playing game, and, and these are born from games where you make decisions together at a table with a bit of paper, you know? Like, that is where these games originate from, I suppose, in a way. So it would be cool to see, like, party-orientated kind of, um, uh, you know, exploration of these worlds, but... I wouldn't mind if it was along the lines of, like, the Fable Star Wars player. Yeah, you could just drop in and out, you mean? Yeah, drop in, and you can't affect anything major you can have some effect in the combat and stuff like that but wouldn't it be cool if you if you could level up together so you made sure that you had your tech expert you had your um someone who's just decent with weapons um oh that's something that kind of thing they could do it as a uh, part of the base building aspect and one thing they could do one thing they could do is have a couple of vaults that are too tough to tackle alone oh yeah yeah. It's a good idea. I like it. Um, oh, 
Uh, sorry, Bethesda have also revealed that mobile devices could be integrated into the game as a form of second screen acting as a display well, of the iconic Pip Boy. Oh, yeah. yeah, well, they've confirmed that. The limited yeah. edition okay, comes yeah, with an actual Pip Boy. I'm so, I'm so upset. <laughs> Why are you missed, so upset? I missed my chance to pre order one. Ah. Uh, I didn't have any money at the announcement, and by the time I actually had some money to do it, they sold out. all gone. I uh, don't feel too bad. It was gone within like moments, wasn't it? Yeah, it happened. Everyone went nuts. What, what game, games, games online uh, part of it? Their their shuts online store had them for at least a week. But the thing is, I think yeah, we we can't because one man shielded out literally thousands of bottle caps to get two thousand four hundred uh, bottle caps. Oh, that was really cool. That was very cool. I thought that they deserved one for that for the sheer effort. It's like, yes, my the office smells of beer. They gave it to him, right? Yeah. They did. They honoured it. Oh, wow. They did also say they were honouring it because it was the first such attempt. Yes, yeah. not because... Uh, yeah. don't, don't trust anyone else, else try, try yeah. it. It was it's very off. Can you imagine the look on someone's face? They were like, guys, come and look at this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> someone just sent us 2,000... Look at this. Someone just told us, sent us these caps. We got it. We've got to, we've got to live up to it. Genius. And it only helped them in terms of publicity anyway. It's worth giving yeah. away one Pit Boy, right? L- talking about Pit Boys like they're real. It's amazing because <laughs> they are now. <laughs> and all we need to do is find somebody who has one and take their arm. Yeah. Oh. oh. Yeah. We could just take the Pit Boy off. There. No. 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 Okay. All right. Yeah. Arm. We'll take the arm. We'll take the whole arm then, Jack. Yeah. Because yeah. well, then, we'll then, then we've got a Pit Boy I and an arm. <laughs> oh, wait. Have you? Did you pre-order the Pit Boy? Yeah. Oh, so yeah, sorry. Um, we do have one proud owner of oh, a pre-ordered pet boy. A, a, a proud owner <laughs> of a soon-to-be one arm. <laughs> proud owner of some shirts which are soon to have redundant sleeves. And so I declare the first <laughs> battle royale ever to happen in this house begun. <laughs> um, hey Alex, how many sleeves has your shirt got? The answer is one more than you'll need. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. I love that Alex actually moved away <laughs> because he's hit his slip in the Fallout 3 box and he picked it up from the table and moved it away from Jack and I. The kind of trusting look in his eye. I also love that we've been discussing that we're going to take the arm of whoever we confide who has a pit boy and he thinks that hiding the receipt is going to stop us. <laughs> well, we clearly want we're discussing, we're discussing grievous bodily harm and mutilation here. But then what happens when the pit boy is left between just you and I? Um, I win. I don't think so. Uh, do you have a PS4? I have a <laughs> PS4 in like a month and a half. Uh, but do you have one now? No, but there won't be a the pit game boy. won't be out until... Yes, <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm winning. PS4. You're not winning! You've already lost... <laughs> Well, I've got an idea it. how you could resolve it. Why doesn't one of you give it to the other for their birthday, and then when it's the other person's birthday, they give it back? That's true. We don't have to wait. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, yeah, done. Oh, wait, so Rob can have it for two days. So I get it first. Yeah, and then two days later, you give it to me. And then, like, <laughs> shit, wait a year. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> and then after that year, you'll get it for two days. This is not cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm younger than you. Yeah. Are you happy? I'm not. You finally admitted I'm it. I'm not. I'm not. That was a joke. A funny Hilarious. joke. In jokes are the best jokes. Yeah, exactly. We've said this a few times. The same joke. It's still an in joke, and no one finds it funny. I think we've got past it. Yeah, it's not funny. <laughs> <laughs>
So, anyway. E3 2015 happened. Those were games that were announced. Last Guardian. That was excellent. I think we did well today. Yep. I think we recovered. And we talked about video games. Holy Amazingly. shit, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. So, write to us. Tell us things. You better fucking write to us. Yeah, Why don't you write it. anymore? Oh, no one writes to anyone. They don't write, they don't call. They don't visit anymore. At W1S1 on Twitter, world1stage1.tumblr.com. We're World One Stage One on Facebook, and you can also just email us at mail at world1stage1.com. Please, Please do these Please. things. Talk I to am, us. I am begging you, if anyone out there is listening, <laughs> Please, Rob, Rob, message. You're getting pathetic now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> You're I being know. too needy. <laughs> Don't get too yeah, needy. Yeah, I get, I, I get this way. I get this way. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's fine. Just send us mail that we can open our mailbag and, and shuffle around. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be good. Or send us pit boys. Yeah. Or do that. Or send us pictures of pit boys. <laughs> really <laughs> rub it in. <laughs> no, no, just draw a picture of pit boy. Okay, that'd be cool. Drawing competitions. Excellent. Oh, oh a drawing contest. I love it. What would they win? Our love, yeah. Ooh, I don't think I don't think it's legal to. I mean, would we be like put that in a box or? We'll find a way. Test we always you. do. Uh, uh, love uh, uh, finds a way. <laughs> uh, uh, love uh, find, finds a way. Jeff uh, uh, Goldblum. Goldblum. People always <laughs> ask me, is it Goldblum or Goldblum? And I tell <laughs> them the same thing. Jeff Goldblum. How dare you talk to me? <laughs> I love that man. It's not only the dinosaurs getting restless. <laughs> Whoa. Anyway, <laughs> this has been World One Stage One. I have been Simon. I have been Jack. I have been Irish. And I've been Rob. There's an order, Jack. Don't click your fingers at me. <laughs> he did it again. <laughs> Stop it. Okay. Okay. Goodbye. Oh. Bye. Bye. That was me.